Oh, what? Oh, no, I'm just a little Jesus girl. I'm saving my pussy for Christ. Give him, give him the dick. Hey, help, Brian. And, uh, as expected, my dick was bigger than everybody else's. That's a boob joke. They don't understand I'm, I'm a white guy. And I go, hey hey and I move around. People time is oh. back. Ah. Welcome. Hello. Yeah, we're, we're back again every week. I think it's Monday. Yeah, it is Monday. Yeah, that's when this happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but we don't actually, like, edit these. We we are somewhere live right now every Monday we do this. Yeah. If you can hear us. We're live in a, in a cell. Um... Yeah. What? Uh, it's Monday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means you guys get a fresh new episode. Oh, fresh and crispy, right out of the plastic. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer my panties a little bit used, but our episodes are better, brand new. Hey, I, I would suggest going back and, and listening to them again and again and again. Oh, they get better with time. Yeah. They get worn in. Yeah. Not Not, not worn out. But you need them fresh, too. It's good both. Yeah, you need both. You need both kinds of panties. <laughs> I'm wearing both kinds right now. A fresh pair and a used one? Yeah. Oh, that's... I, w- I wear the old one first and the new one's over there. <laughs> you know, for presentability. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. It's like comfort and presentability. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They're both pink and lazy, so. Oh, that's nice. It's all about comfort anyway, Then at the end of the day. The lace against your balls really does the trick. Oh, man. A lot of people don't. That doesn't, that doesn't get enough uh, talk. Lace against the balls. Yeah, we should talk about it more. Yeah, it needs to be brought up more and, and emphasized. And advocated. <laughs> I advocate it. Yeah. If your wife has something lacy, put them on your balls. Yeah, wait until she goes to work. You're fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Or if he's cool. And if you get caught, send us your experience. We'd like to hear about that. We would like to hear about it. Because that'd be funny. That'd be fucking hilarious. We'll do a people time on you. So your wife will kill you. If she's mad about it. I mean. Maybe she's into it. Yeah. Actually, you don't know until you do it. Yeah. And then you'll fucking know. Matter of fact, set it up like it's an accident. Like, you know she's coming home. Whoops. And then you're like, oh no. You get it like all the way up. Just barely pulled up. You're like, oh no. Oh my balls oh dear i'm being caught and then she's mad she kills her <laughs> lace on my balls and then she murders you yeah. i don't know maybe she's overreacting i think in this scenario the husband is the regular person yeah he just wants lace on his balls what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> it doesn't even have to be panties if you have lacy uh drapes <laughs> whatever you can find it's lacy whatever yeah you know maybe, like I know old old folks have like uh, place settings that are kind of lacy. What are those things called that they put on like couches that are really weird? The circular looking lacy. Yeah, where they put them on like the armrest. Yeah, what is that called? It's like a duh. My grandma has the dow, dow dollar doilies. Doily, yeah. Just get your grandma's doily and stick that on your balls. Just shove it in your pants. <laughs> your grandma's house is doily. There you go. And just rub. You're welcome. People time. Grandma, these are great. <laughs> I hand made them. Mm-hmm. I can feel that. Mm. I can feel the love. Made with love, yeah. I can feel it. I can taste it, too. Ew. That's how effective it is. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What's your name? Uh, Ashton Kuchikobi. 
<laughs> Ashton Kuchikopi. Yeah. <laughs> Are you good, Ashton Kuchikopi? Yes, Bob. <laughs> uh, I've been What's having, your name, sir? I've been having a, like a miserable weekend until all the way even up to today. Yeah. Getting all mad and angry. And so I'm, yeah, I don't care. I'm the Antichrist. That's who I am. Jesus, fuck. Yeah. That's Literally. Really, that's really intense. That guy. You hate what guy? Jesus, and fuck him. Oh, well, that's not that crazy. Well, yeah. But you, you want to bring about, like, the end of everything? Sure, I don't care. I'm yeah. mad. That's true. I've been fuck. hangry for, like, two days. Fuck it. And, uh. Stomping around my house, but then I I did see one of my dogs wearing. My wife just barely put on a, a sweater, <laughs> and he looks super super good in it. He's like, oh man, yeah, a good boy in a sweater will solve any just, real problem. Yeah, just handsome, just walking around, I'm just waving. I'm like an idiot, like oh hi, hey, hey, it's a good sweater, it's cool. You know, I was mad, but you're just too handsome. Yeah, can't be mad anymore. It's true. You know, I was uh, researching a little bit about L. Ron Hubbard. Oh yeah, potentially for people time. We're not. I'm not all the way in there yet, but he had a bunch of corgis. He he had like five or six corgis, the dogs. Yeah, and um, you know, in Scientology, when you're like cleared of the shit that makes you sad or anxious. Yeah, I don't remember what that what they're called. You got like weird little things in you. Yeah, there's like it's a draw them out of you. Yeah, they're not spirits. They're like well, there's the thetans. Which I think is just like an eternal being that is in you, and then like engrams or something like hurts your soul. Anyway, right? It's dumb. It's but, yeah. But once you remove all those, you're called clear. Like everybody's goal is to go clear or to get clear. Like you have no more of that shit. Hmm. And Elron was the only person who was clear, of course, at the time, and his corgis. <laughs> it's corky. He actually said that. He told everybody, "No, my corgis are clear. They have no. I have cleaned them." These are the the thoughts of a madman. <laughs> How the fuck people start following cults? I'll never fucking understand. There's something to it, man. Half of the country is doing it right now. Just think for yourself. Just do it. Don't follow other people. You know, be a good person and then just be your own person. There I mean, you go. You don't even have to be a good person. Just don't follow other people. Yeah, you can be the Antichrist. It's fine. I don't care. Be the Antichrist. Well, I mean, I am, so you can't, but find your own thing. Quit following other people. Quit following, yeah, quit following the Antichrist. He's telling you to knock it off. Yeah. No idols. No idols. I like it. The Bible says no false idols. People time says zero idols. Yeah. Don't praise any goddamn anybody. Ever. I'll write a book. I don't care. You should, because if you're the author of the Antichrist, that fucker will sell. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. That's a good idea. There you go. Some people are like, is it a pen name? Is it really the Antichrist? I no, guess. it's it's me, bro. I best I better read the whole thing to find out. It's me, bitches. So then you go to book signing tours and shit, and you just sit there with sunglasses and just sort of like not into it. And they're <laughs> like, "Are you really the Antichrist?" Ah, oh, God, another one. All right, get, what you want me to sign something? Come on, get the fuck out of here. All right, let's go. God, I'm bringing about the destruction of the world. I don't. It's fucking dumb. You're you're next, by the way. I'm putting you at the top of the list now. I do it in order of certain people. God, you're so ugly. Then I end the world. I want to destroy everything. <laughs> just because I'm bored of you. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, get a fucking, just have your own thoughts. Go away. That is the, we we talk a lot about your love of the English. Oh, yeah. And my love of Americanism. Yeah. And, I'm you know, it's not great to be patriotic because I would not consider myself patriotic. Sure. 
that's the Americanism I'm le- I, I agree with. Don't bow to anybody ever. Yeah. You owe no one anything. That's... Fuck them. Fuck the police. Fuck the president. Fuck your parents if they look at you sideways. In America, <laughs> your children too if they talk back. In America, just you. Yeah. Don't bow to anyone ever. <laughs> I think I sound more like the Antichrist. <laughs> Ashton Coochie Kobe's got some fucking yeah. problems. You all right? You feeling okay? So did it transfer over to you? That's how it starts. Yeah, I'm just like absorbing this uh, cynical rage. Like yeah. I want to go, I want to have a cabin in the woods and send people bombs through the mail. Oh, jeez. That's what I'm feeling right now. Even the Antichrist is like, It's like, fuck. Seriously, that's a stupid thing. I want to end people, but Jesus. I want to do a little bit nicer, I guess. Just like a meteorite, you know? Oh, just clean. Yeah. I mean, it sucks for people on the other side of the planet who die from slower things but that's just how it goes though i can't control everything get her done i can only i can only call in one meteorite is that a power you have i yeah I that's your so. x-man power <laughs> yeah the antichrist x-men you're up on a hill every night like come on <laughs> come on get down here yeah oh sick it oh well i do have a fun fact i'm ready all right so this is something i actually came across a couple of years ago but i I forgot about it, and then I remember it again, and so I want to share it because it's funny to me, and especially being the Antichrist, this seems to be fitting. All right. So somebody, uh, and I wish I could give credit to who came up with all this because it's all online, but someone figured out the math. First of all, I should ask you, have you ever heard the, uh, I don't know if it's a phrase, the the term of uh, forging a blade in the blood of your enemies or uh, from the blood of your enemies? vaguely so it's like, like a it's like i mean i've read it in, yeah yeah it's in, like a in, fantasy based kind of exactly like you might read that in a book of someone's like and he forged his blade or like some history kind of like yeah yeah sounds like an old school war tribe would be like your blade doesn't count until you've forged it with blood meaning you have to bathe it with blood that's how i always yeah, interpreted it cut people kill to people like, you can forge a blade but it's not a blade until it's bathed in blood, and then you call it forged in blood. That was my interpretation. And that's what I think it actually means. However, someone took it quite literally, and they thought to themselves, what? well, there's iron in blood, so how much blood would it take if I were to <laughs> get a bunch of blood, of human blood, and then extract the iron? That's a lot of fucking blood. How much would I have to be able to get in order to then make a blood from that iron? Ugh. And someone calculated it out. It's actually less than I thought it was going to be. It's only like 42 people. It's 400 people. Holy shit balls. I mean, that's a lot of deaths if, if you're killing people for this, but... Yeah, but that sword's going to be pretty badass. Right? That's it might like be worth a, it. Yeah. Well, and I thought it was going to be like thousands, because I was like, how much... I mean, you you know, you cut yourself and you bleed on the table. You can't really extract... You can't really extract... But yeah, so someone actually figured it out. They were saying, um, if you <laughs> if you drained about 400 adult men of their blood and extracted the iron from it, you could forge a long sword from it. And then the, the hell? internet went all crazy on debate about, well, maybe it just means you just make a, a blade out of normal iron, but then when you go to forge it, you know, you put in oil or water, which isn't really super great. Sure. Forge. But after you, you get it all nice and hot, you then dip it in oil so that way it sets the... It sets the metal? Yeah. And so people were saying maybe you just need a, a bucket of blood to then set the metal <laughs> forge it that way i don't know if it'd work well but the hypotheticals here are so extreme 
Oh, yeah. So all we fun. need to do is kill 400 people, right? Right. Okay, and then we're going to collect all their blood. <laughs> and then we're going to sift the iron out, and then we're going to keep some of the blood so we can set the metal in it. Well, and, like, do you have to get each person and bring them in one at a time and, like, all right, I'm going to drain all your blood? Or do you just go on a battlefield and then you have, like, a bunch of bodies you're just dragging me? Like, I hope this guy's not bleeding out, like, all yeah, the blood you, I need. You don't want to risk, like, having them bleed out on the field or congealing. It's got to be fresh. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to, like... Sneak into people's homes and drag them out with chloroform for the store, for the for the greater good. Right. Well, and someone tried to figure out, and this is not part of the research I was doing more recently. This was part of the internet conversation back when I first originally read it. And it was, someone was like, okay, maybe I can make a blade out of my own blood without killing me. How long would it take if I just, mm. you know, drain so much, the safe amount that wouldn't harm me? Like yeah. you're going to go get blood kind of a thing. Yeah. And he just collected and did it himself until he got enough iron. And he's like, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I want to forge my own blade and for has my this own blood. person updated their Reddit or are they dead now? I don't know. I didn't follow <laughs> afterwards. I think they're dead now. <laughs> yeah. Mom, too much, too much blood. Well, he started taking like a pint and his mom was like, you need to knock it off. He's <laughs> like, mom, it's fine. It's going to be awesome. And then a couple of weeks later, he got a little bit too excited and she hasn't heard from him. Yeah. He's so close to the end, too. That's why. He was like, I only need, like, I can I can afford it. I can afford it. Well, like, the sleeve of Pringles that she puts at the top of the stairs every morning, she <laughs> yeah. started to notice there was three or four of them. She's like, oh, he's not grabbing the Pringles. Maybe he just doesn't like them yeah, anymore. He just need to change the flavor. He got sick of that one, yeah. So it was like four weeks. It's like four weeks. It's like whatever. Whatever. Smells funny up there. It's not until she got her bill and her uh, electricity was so much lower. She's like, he's not on Smash Brothers all day. <laughs> Johnny! <laughs> she runs down. He's just sitting in a pool of his own blood. Yeah. And he drew a sword <laughs> out of the pool of blood. He's like, just before this he dies. as close as I'm going to get. So, yeah, there's your fun fucking fact. You Take can, a picture, Mom. Technically, you should be able to make a an actual sword out of blood, out of the iron from your blood. It's kind of rad. Yeah. Just some, generally. Some fucking metal. <laughs> fucking, I don't know if anything gets more metal than that. Because if you went to your enemies and was like, you know, after you beat the shit out of them in war, and you're like, by the way, this blade I'm using, I'm gonna use against the rest of you. Yeah, yeah. this is your fellow, you know, whatever. Your countrymen. Yeah, your countrymen. This is literally it's them. Literally <laughs> them. them. Oh my god, that it's would suck balls. So many pieces of so many of them. So that does sound like a very internet thing for people to debate iron levels and yeah. extraction and yeah good christ now i'm just curious 400 men this is just regular sized dudes just normal average guys yeah average adults well let's propose something here i mean you're the antichrist uh-huh let's go re- let's start rounding them out all right i don't even mind hey, we can make a people time blade me and you will just extract our own iron yeah that's fine with me oh we'll hang it up for us to look at at least Strike down our enemies, all other amateur podcasts. Yeah. Which I know is not a nice thing to say. But fuck them. We're not in a community. <laughs> there's I some I like. I mean, there's a couple. Yeah. Uh, but the rest, fuck them. We do clearly have a love affair with Knackers. Oh, I love Knackers. And I like Unclassical a lot. Unclassical is hilarious. They're badass. If you have not heard either of them, it's Knackers uh, in the Breeze and then Unclassical. Uh, they're both British. Yeah. It's because I'm I'm the only one found them. You're very into Brits. I like Brits, yeah. I, I have a good sense of humor. Yeah. The point I'm making is, if you're an amateur podcast, I might murder you. 
I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know what, what I'm capable Either of. Either we'll love you or we'll hate you. You know, the process of like drawing out your blood, separating the iron, <laughs> making a sword, you become crazy <laughs> if you weren't there already. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make a podcast about it too. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. I killed the two dudes in a garage podcast today. <laughs> this is their screams with my blood sword. Jesus. They're like, who are you? <laughs> ah! <laughs> it's on their episode. Who uploaded their episode? I did. <laughs> For posterity. Actually, speaking of that, I got an email. Uh, normally, the emails that we get for this show are more, hey, user stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I got an email from, uh, the the site was uh, poppletime at gmail.com. Poppletime? Yeah. No, is this real? Yeah, from from an individual uh, identifying himself as Putter Popple. Mm-hmm. And he said that, uh, however, we may not be, like, in the same universe. Uh, he, he went on to explain that he's a Popple. Okay. And he was trying to be nice, but his language was very aggressive. Right. And I think, so what Putter is trying to convey is, he has a podcast, Putter does. Sure. Uh, which him and another friend Popple talk about influential Popples in Popple history. And I'm like, <laughs> that's really cute and fun. You know what I mean? It sounds like a great idea, really. Yeah. Yeah. But towards the end of the email, he more or less said, you're infringing on our name and we're not going to seek uh, legal repercussions. We're, we're just going to find you. So we need to make our blade quickly, is what you're saying. Something will kill a popple. Yeah. I think, I don't know, does iron from blood kill popple? <laughs> if it's sharp? <laughs> I'm going to have to do some research on these creatures. These old interdimensional monkey bears. That's what they are, <laughs> monkey bears. They look like monkey bears, and they can invert inside themselves and become a ball. I don't know if I want to fight this shit. It's very serious stuff. So, People Time is going to war with Popple Time. <laughs> fuck you, Popple Time. Hey, that passive-aggressive email, Putter Popple, fuck you. Yeah, Putter. I'm going to invert you into your asshole. We've got it. We've got Fruh. some knowledge on war heroes, so be careful. It's true. We talked about that French asshole just last week. So we know how to lose to the Nazis. Oh, shit. We, we know what not to do. We know what not to do. Ah. You fucking popples. <laughs> you don't scare me. You don't scare me a, a lot. Popple time. <laughs> what assholes are they? <laughs> They're ripping me off. I was like, send me a, show me a stamp on your, whatever, your popple Spotify when you went live. Prove to me that we ripped you off. He didn't, did he? No, of course not. Of course not. He just wants to talk shit. Yeah. It's on, motherfucker. What a what a popple dick. <laughs> Popping asshole. What what is our episode today? Who are we learning about? <laughs> um uh Richard, Richard Francis Burton. Oh, okay. Who's that? You know, it's part of uh, my attempt to uh, africanize people time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want more Africa stuff. That's good. Well, we did a lady from Africa, and then I was like, what about more uh, Western treatment? Like, maybe one of the early people who went to Africa. Ooh, okay. Eh, I don't know. The research didn't go the way I wanted it to, but... What is that? Why? Here it is. <laughs> it's a little bit stranger than I actually thought it was going to be anyway. Oh, okay. So, uh, Richard, first of all, I'm, uh, Richard is going to be referred to here on out as Dick. Dick, yeah. Because, of course, but also because he is a enormous dick oh really yeah well he's a teeny dick he's just an asshole 
He's a lot of body parts. He's a lot of body parts. <laughs> what he's a tit. A, he's a weenus and a tit and a, <laughs> a taint. Yeah. All that shit. But the JJ probably. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, it's fine. Mm. Yeah, when you say like a pussy, well, he's actually not a pussy. He's. I'm just trying to keep it. He's an odd fella. Let's say that. Oh, so, okay. So just to give you the, a quick uh, jump in, I'll tell you, he's a polylinguist. Oh. Explorer. Uh, writer, interpreter, dickhead. Is that like his like profession? He's like known for writing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He's a, a a writer, interpreter, explorer. Was probably the best way to. What time frame are we talking about here? When did eighteen hundreds? Oh, okay. Yeah. So eighteen hundreds. That's gonna be. You know, is it early, mid, or late? Mm, mid. Mid. So. Mid. America's going through their whole thing with. Uh, yeah. Well, Abe's dead, or soon to be Booth. Well, we start with Dick somewhere in the 1840s. Okay. So. This is actually a time frame I like, because we only have a couple people really in this area. Everything's yeah. like, give it another 20, 40 years, and then all of a sudden there's an explosion of people we've done. Seriously, like 1860 and up. Yeah. Just, people yeah. time. People time. Bunch of popples in there, too, I bet. Fucking fuck popples. I'm gonna kill them all. That's what I am. I'm the Antichrist for the popples. I'll leave uh, I'll leave people alone. You're anti popple Christ? Yeah. It's adorable to a vision a popple on a crucifix. <laughs> popple Christ. <laughs> I'm like, get down. Get out. <laughs> You're fine. Stop. Jesus. Fuck. You're the worst. Just invert on yourself. He never does. Idiot. Somebody's got to ante that whole culture and species. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, we need to respond to that email and be like, we got your antichrist. Yeah. What now? They're going to be like, oh, God. I don't know. I think this might get pretty violent with them. They have cute faces. You can't trust somebody with a cute face. That's hard. Yeah, I don't know if that... Hmm. That might make it difficult for me. Lingering danger. Well, uh, Dick was born uh, March 19th of 1821. Okay. In Herefordshire, or Her- Herefordshire, England. Mm-hmm. As we've been instructed, sometimes it's Shire and sometimes it's Shire. Shire, yeah. Shire. Uh, Hereford- Herefordshire. <laughs> yeah. Herefordshire. We need knackers to come help. <laughs> hey, help, Brian. Brian. <laughs> it's Saving Private Riot. Hey, Matt Damon. Help me out. Yeah. Help me out. Um... Well, they are, you know, English lower class. Okay. Um, his dad is Joseph Netterville Burton. His mom is Martha Baker. So they're like... Netterville? <laughs> right? Sounds oh. like a candy bar. It sounds very English. Would you like a Nutter bar? A Netterville? Give me a Netterville bar. Mm. Like, mm, it's just my dick wrapped up. <laughs> it's not the candy I was looking for. Chomp down. <laughs> Chomp. Welcome to Herefordshire. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do here. Yeah. Um, this is fucking weird. So they're not like dukes, but, they, you know, they have land and shit. Okay. They're not high, high status. No. But but they're not like peasants. They're not aristocracy, but they're not peasants. Okay. Somewhere in the middle there. Sure. Because they move all over the fucking place. He lived all over England and France and Italy. Oh, weird. Mostly moving around with his dad, who just loved to be on the move. Like to be different places, see different stuff. Yeah. And Dick, with his brother Edward, 
because uh, he had sisters, but his sisters mostly stay with his mom in England, because I think it's that whole like your women stay home, don't do stuff. No, don't do cool stuff. We're gonna go do fun things. See you later. The men have fun. Yeah, make something. How about when I get back, I have something to wear or something. Jesus, fuck. If you, I mean, I needed my netter bar eaten right away. <laughs> I needed to be prepared for that. Yeah. So yeah, eighteen hundreds. Okay. Yeah. Well, well today. <laughs> today. Whatever. Pick pick your trailer park. Yeah. Well, uh, Dick and his and his brother Ed and his dad moved all over. And they did the types of things that these middle-class English or European boys did, meaning they, their many favorite pastimes was going to public guillotines, yeah. fighting local French boys, getting into fights with, with French boys. Because they're French. Yes. Just because fuck them. Yeah. Uh, he stole... Well, actually, no. So he stole some of his sister's allowances and illegally bought a pistol. That's Which fucked up. <laughs> I say it's illegal because he was like nine. Yeah. But I think the dude was just like, yeah, you got two shillings or whatever. And he bought a pistol and like shot a bunch of windows out until his dad took it away from him. <laughs> what the? I like that too. Like he stole his own sister's allowance money to be able to buy it. Yeah. Which makes it sound like he probably also had allowance money maybe. Oh yeah, but he already spent it. <laughs> right. Definitely. On Nutterville bars. <laughs> yeah. As many as he can fit in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um... He also was taking violin lessons, but he got so frustrated he broke the violin over his teacher's head. Are you serious? Yeah. How how frustrated is that? That's a... He's just that kind of kid. Wow. Uh, very destructive instincts, lots of energy. I'm trying to just think of this poor guy who's like trying to teach a small kid this art. And he's like, all right, so you just got to <laughs> pull the bow so that way it hits like this. And he's like, fuck you! Beautiful. <laughs> and just crashes over his head. And the guy's like, what the fuck? Dude, uh, yeah, he's a brat. Yeah. He's a snot-nosed little shit. Um, he did more of this kinds of things. Um, him and his brother Ed would steal from people. They learned how to pickpocket. And they went to a pastry shop and broke the windows and stole the pastries. That's not really pickpocketing. So they went from sneaky and sometimes just, bah! They did whatever the... F they were just fucking unchained. <laughs> I mean, I was... I, I read a, a book about him, and, like, there's the first, like, I don't know, 30 pages is just this type of shit. Like, Dick and Ed break this down, and then Dick and Ed burn this down. Dick <laughs> and Ed fight this guy. So they did a bakery shop? Like, are they just stealing the food, or? Yeah, what was funny about that is they broke the windows to steal the pastries and then went home with them and just, like, chomping down, like. What a bunch of assholes. Well, then his dad's like, what the fuck? Where'd you get those? What? What's up? Hmm? I don't uh, know. Found them. Yeah, uh, we found them. In the bakery shop with... The... S uh, somebody, Dad, I don't know, somebody broke the windows. I don't know. We were going to call the police, but the uh, police were already there, and they were like, thanks for help, and then they gave us pastries. Mm. So wait, yeah, did his dad ever say anything to them? Be like, what the fuck? Go. Yeah, he beat the shit out of them. Oh, but, did he? <laughs> but then it was also like, boys be boys. Oh, of course. Because that's also right. life. Ah, you guys. Ah, I beat the shit out of you, but ah, I get it. Ah, I get it. Can I give me a pastry? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, he uh, in his teens, he started uh, drinking and smoking opium. Okay. Boys got, be boys. He got arrested a lot for this type of shit. He's just a fucking juvenile delinquent. Yeah, it sounds awful to be around. He's a dick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was a pretty bad kid, but he makes me look like a fucking church girl. Like, just... Ooh. Yeah. 
That was a good-looking church girl, too. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, those were good days. <laughs> I miss being a little girl. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, no, I'm just a little Jesus girl. <laughs> I'm saving my pussy for Christ. And then there's some guys like, oh, yeah. He's this gonna, is... He's going to raise after three days. Ew. Yeah. Until the Antichrist comes. <clears throat> that guy would fucking give it to you. <laughs> yeah. That's who changes church girls. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I realize there's a whole nother world. A guy gets off a motorcycle with sunglasses. She's just like, oh, my. <laughs> and, her, and her panties fall off. Yeah. Yeah. I should have bought a motorcycle. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Dick is also weirdly very smart, um, but only the things he wants to fucking do. Which is like a lot of people on people time. Whatever they're interested in, they excel in, but everything else is like, fuck it. Yeah. He kind of fucked off in school, except for chess. Oh, really? He was very good at chess, and he was also very good at fencing. Oh. Um, he actually ends up being like a master fencer later in his life and like writes a definitive book about fencing. That's cool. So he's, he's very into fighting. We had another fencer as well. Yeah, was Patton, Patton. Was a, Patton was a fencer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was considered the best of his time, so yeah. maybe him and Dick should have fought it out. Yeah. He was dead by then, though. Well, yeah, but Bummer. I, I totally watched that. Just, I know, two assholes. Yeah, Patton just yelling, and then fucking Dick's like, I'm going to rob you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take your shit. Yeah, I'll pickpocket you, and I'll take stab you. Shit, I don't care. Georgie. <laughs> Georgie's like, don't. <laughs> cries don't you hear what he said he said you don't care how i feel somebody call ike somebody call get him on the phone this little dick is being mean to me yeah well uh he's pretty wild kid uh in italy and france he he sort of befriends prostitutes and criminals those are his that's that's his people okay so he mostly hangs out with uh by the age of 21 his father was getting concerned about his life choices and forced him to go to uh, Trinity College at Cambridge. What's that? So it's just a... Uh... It's like a college, okay. but I think it's religiously based. Yeah. And he fucking hated it and thought that college was a waste of time. So he he noticed a real interest and aptitude for languages, and he started to teach himself Arabic. Oh, that's cool. Um. I don't know if it was taught all that thoroughly there, but he mostly taught himself Arabic and then, like, argued with the teachers and probably robbed them. <laughs> yeah, right? That's sort of what he does. He, he knows the language better than they do, and he's, like, telling them, like, I fucking robbed you to their face, but they don't... They're like, Dick, you're always speaking nonsense. They're like, I can't quite understand the context. Like, that's because I'm saying it the right way, motherfucker. Bitch. I got your wallet. And Dick is like, pay me a shilling and I'll stop talking. And they're like, yes, definitely. But <laughs> what, what the fuck? Where's my... Shit. Then he's gone. Dick, where'd you go? I never understand what that guy's doing. He's always eating pastries. I don't get it. Is he picking a fight again? <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> um. Well, he actually he eventually gets thrown the fuck out of college for skipping class, starting fights. Hmm. Um. A lot of people made fun of his mustache. Dick has a very long, thick mustache. Ugh. Yeah. Like, are we talking like handlebar kind of style? What What is it? Yeah, I'd say handlebar. Oh. Yeah, really thick, really long, goes goes side down past his lips. How old is he when he's in college and getting kicked out of college? 20s. Yeah. Early 20s. And he's got a mustache. A big old fucking porno big old mustache. Big mustache. 
and he used to get made fun of it for it because I don't think it was chic at the time. Yeah. He just fucking liked it. And, and, then, and then people make fun of it. Don't. Yeah, because I think Dick could definitely kick most people's ass. Yeah. And they make fun of him for the mustache, and then he just beats the shit out of them. Like, I'm sorry. robs them. <laughs> <laughs> I got beaten up by a mustache guy. He's a fucking porn star. Uh, well, he eventually, what really clinches it for him getting kicked out of college is that he, he got in like a fight with a teacher, and he convinced his whole class to ditch the lecture, and they all went to a horse race. To like go bet on a horse. He was he got up in front of the class and he was like, This class is bullshit, right? So I have this this in on this horse, right? And convinces the whole class to go bet on a horse. Really? Yeah. And they're all like, Well, fuck it, yeah, he's right. This pl- this class is bullshit. This is stupid. Did they win? I don't know what happened with the horse. <laughs> Nobody said anything about that. Yeah. They just said he convinced the whole class to leave and go to a horse race, so they expelled him. Oh. Nice. Um, not having any other ambitions, he signs up for the East India Trading Company. Oh. Because really, uh, that's sort of like a military. Because this is kind of like, uh, Thug Baram days. Right. And the British military is like a thing, an imperial thing. They're colonizing everybody. Whomever. Yeah. They can get their hands on. But in India, they have like a whole established thing where you can go there and sign up and it's half military, half job. Yeah shit so in 1841 he goes to bombay Mm. and does what dick does on the boat there he picked a boxing fight with the captain and actually knocked him out jesus and was almost thrown overboard uh he talked his way out of that wait wait. when i thought if you knock out the captain you're now the captain right sounds like (laughs) sounds like sea law all right i am now in charge sails up (laughs) yeah hard to start Hard to... I'm in charge. Just go go that way. You guys know where India is? I don't got any pastries. I'm hungry. Pastries or hookers? Let's, let's go that way. Let's do it. Ha-ha! And the first mate comes up and he boxes him out, too. Yeah. He's like, I'm the first mate, too. I'm both. I'm the captain and first mate. Clean the poop deck. <laughs> I love saying poop deck. That's so funny. Clean, <laughs> clean it! Ha-ha! I'm, I'm the captain. Well, he uh, also on this... Trip actually slept with the first first mate's wife. <laughs> of course, this guy sounds like he sounds like a frat boy who's gone way, yeah, off the rails. No inhibitions at all. Just uh, yeah. So did when you say he slept with her, like was she willing or is he kind of a? He's also a charmer. Okay, he's was, a tough guy. Is he a charmer. rapey guy or is he a charmer guy? Um. Both, maybe. My interpretation is that it's probably that, that half sees. Well, it's also the 1800s, so rape's not a real thing. Exactly. Yet. Yeah. Terrible. Like, like you can just. Because a woman's word is not legal. So you can yeah. just be like, no, she was into it. And then the judge goes, I know she was, dude. High five. Yeah. That's it. And then he rapes his judge's wife. <laughs> and he tells the judge she was into it. And the like, judge is like, damn it. I knew it. I knew she was like that. I always knew she was a slut. High five. (laughs) (laughs) Different times. Hey, you know, it's what it is. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Dick doesn't seem overtly rapey, but he is obsessed with sex. Okay. And he gets around. So wait, what happens with that wife and the first mate? He keeps almost being thrown off until he... Uh, convinces them that he that he's it's fine it's cool it's fine you know and pays them or boxes them or whatever he just talks his way out of shit hmm. and he also pays and or convinces some Indian passengers to teach him 
uh, Indian languages, which is Hindi or Urdu. Yeah. So even by the time of the, you know, whatever, month-long trip from England to Bombay, he learns Hindi and Urdu. What the fuck? He's fucking brilliant with languages. So is he a polyglot? Like, because you know, like, more than seven or seven or more languages? Oh, yeah. By the end of this story, he is pushing 30. What the fuck? Languages. <laughs> yeah. I can't learn another one. No. I'm uh, surrounded by Spanish. I don't speak a word. I don't want that brain. Damn it. I know. I love how much of people's time is us admitting that we're just dumb. We suck. Oh, well. I don't. All right. I don't know. I will never learn Urdu. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It's just not going to happen. Be cool. We could do one episode and like, here you go. This is specifically in fucking Spanish or whatever. Nah, it's not going to happen. What if we like write an episode with like all the notes out and then put it into Google Translate in, <laughs> in Urdu and I'm just reading it. I'm sure it's going to sound not probably correct. Ki- yeah. Kifo in Russia, T-O-R-I. I can barely pronounce fucking... Ubu Karishi Tasasha. That's a boob joke. Tiki for Russia. <laughs> oh, fuck. I can barely pronounce the names of people that have English names or French names. I'm like, oh, okay. Right? Yeah, we... Yeah. I Maybe the American or Utah education system, we are a great example of. I think I think it's all of America. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'd, I, I'd buy that. Mm. We're dumb as fuck. Yeah. That's ha- why we're learning more. Hey! People time! <clears throat> Come along, you dabbler yeah you dabbling fucking give me your ass <clears throat> mm-hmm. like richard i'm a bit of a pervert oh, okay or like dick i like dick you know I can you know get, he I seems, never take dick he seems like one of those dudes like if i was in my early 20s I'd be like that guy's cool <laughs> he fucking huh. slept with the first mate he, he knocked out the fucking that's pretty cool actually but someone i would probably admire more if i was you know my early 20s younger now i'm like what an asshole like why would you knock out the captain what the fuck <laughs> yeah we gotta get to places bro he's got a captain us he knows the difference between port and starboard yeah you don't dick yeah well fuck if you can learn languages i'm sure you could probably learn that's true i mean like always you know i'm just gonna talk a lot of shit yeah. But he is a very intelligent, as far as languages are concerned. Yeah. I'll give him that. He thinks he's a lot smarter with a lot of other things. And that comes up, but... Hmm. No, nah, I, I can't wait. I'll only give him languages. Well, he ends up in the 18th division of the uh, East India Trading Company in Bombay. And he ends up doing mostly administrative stuff. They don't trust him to be on the ground kind of guy that's weird i think you'd want him well, i guess he's probably like just beating everybody up he's too adhd yeah so they keep him locked up and in seven years he never sees any action he kind of he's like one guy's assistant and then he like helps with uh surveys and shit it's pretty it sounds really fucking boring yeah right but what he does instead is that he spends his whole time intermixing with the people and the culture so he keeps learning more languages um, I think by the time he leaves Bombay, he speaks like seven languages. Fuck. He learned everything he could about all the Indian religions. So Hinduism and his, the one he was more attracted to is the Sikh people. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a, a monastic version of Hinduism and Islam. Is he actually like joining in and like that's his belief system or is he just like interested in all of these and like, this is why I think it's cool. Yeah. It, 
he likes to mix with people and just do what they do and be like, what are you all about? Yeah. So he would go to like a temple and, and just like get a robe up. and sit down and yeah, unless they make fun of his mustache. <laughs> he beats the fuck out of these. <laughs> what vet- are you all about? Hmm. Very nice. How much, how much money you got, bitch? <laughs> how much do you have on you right now? You have weird mustache. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you I knocked out a captain. You and me, Gandhi. Let's go. Beats the shit out of all these vegetarian pacifists. Feels like a big man. But this is what he does. Like, he goes fucking anywhere. So, and he wrote a lot about this time in in a few books, his his time in India. Yeah. He would go to whorehouses and intermix with the prostitutes and be like, what are you about? What do you do? Tell me how this all works. How do you like to get undressed? What's the economy of getting stuffed? (laughs) Yeah. Or... He go to these churches and be like, "What's your church? What's your cosmogony? Why do you believe in that?" And he would go to he would gamble and go to stores, and he just likes absorbing where he is. That's cool. I like that. That's badass. Yeah, honestly, it's less aggressive, and he's just he's bottomlessly curious to no specific end. That's cool. He just likes absorbing the the info. Yeah. Um, he starts getting a little weird. Uh, he he buys like five or six monkeys from a guy. What? Well, he was convinced that monkeys are just people because he's, he's kind of uh, Darwinistic like that. Sure. Where he's like, monkeys are just less evolved people. So I bet I could learn their language. <laughs> okay. So he keeps a handful of monkeys around and tries to master their language. And? I mean, he trained them to do tricks and to wait on him like a servant. Right. And he claimed he could speak their language, but, but everybody was... around wasn't convinced. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got a fucking guy who's like, ooh, ah, ooh, ooh, ah. I'm going to have the wrong inflection. Hang on. He, he thinks I'm saying automobile. Ooh, ow, ooh, ooh. And then also a monkey comes in and starts like trying to pull down his pants. Like, oh, not that one, not that one. Oh, not, shit. Not with company, not with company. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Ooh, ow. I just told him his mom's fat. Look out! <laughs> he just starts attacking him. See, you believe that one, right? <laughs> but that's that—that's the mixture of Dick. He's smart, thinks he can speak monkey. Yeah. Yep. What a weird, weird, yeah, weird guy. Hangs out with the religious and the prostitutes just to be like, what's what's the economy here? Um, he started writing a lot about this. Uh about his absorbing the cultures there. And he starts disguising himself uh, as locals. So he's he doesn't have the, you know, we make fun of the English for being grossly pale. Yeah. I don't see any reason for this ancestrally, but he has more of an uh, olive skin tone. Okay. Might just be because he's outside a lot. Yeah. And then with his big mustache, he can kind of pull off looking like a Middle Eastern guy. Okay. So he started dressing like a local and just pretending to be a Hindi. And he would walk around the stores. Hindi like me. Yeah. Hmm. Hindi like me. That's exactly what it is. Because he wanted to see how they're treated, how they talk to each other. He wanted to get the intonations of the language from people who speak it so he can absorb it. And then just slide into their culture and just be one of them. Is he still pickpocketing people? <clears throat> Not that I saw, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past him. He has no morality at all. <laughs> um, and around this time, he starts writing papers about this, how he like slips into these places and they're like, they don't know that I'm not one of them. What's up? And all he does is have a normal conversation, walk away. He's like, I got them. <laughs> they have no idea. Seriously, he just goes up and he's like, 
How much for the thing of bananas? Cool. All right, here you go. Here's some rubies. Hey, thanks a lot. And then he turns to Corey and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. What an idiot. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm just like them. <laughs> I'm going to eat this banana, but like I'm an Indian. Mm. And while I'm going to stand on the street, and they're not even going to know that I'm an English guy. Well, guys this just... is the, the greatest con of all time. Oh, my gosh. They'll never know. This is what he's thinking about why he's just eating a banana on the corner. <laughs> just snickering to himself. <laughs> and so someone walks up and is like, nice mustache, jackass. <laughs> hey, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> For the queen! <laughs> what? Um, he starts writing about this. Um, so... He goes to a, a, what's probably a pedophile brothel. Ugh. And I don't know. The, I don't know the culture. Uh, but I am judging it, clearly. It, yeah. It sounded like, from what I read, it was a an actual business, but people would bring like young boys in there to intermix with men who pay for it. Fuck. And Dick gets a, a lot of backlash for hanging out there, and people say that he's a pedophile. And other people say it's just like everything else he does. He just goes places and absorbs what's happening. And he does seem to have a distinct lack of morality. So I could see him going to a place like this and just being like, okay, so these gentlemen enjoy fucking these children the same way that I bought bananas earlier. Yeah. I don't know where he lands on it. If he fucked a kid, that wouldn't surprise me either. He's also kind of a fucking weirdo. Hmm. But he starts writing papers about his experiences in England, he writes a paper about being in one of these brothels, and the army or the East India Trading Company clearly doesn't like that. Disturbed by this, yeah, uh, they put him on on uh, leave. They go back to England. <laughs> quit, quit fucking around. <laughs> you work here, yet you keep putting on the locals' clothes and going to brothels, <laughs> and you call it academia. <laughs> just you just eat bananas and snicker. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> So he goes back home and uh, has some more plans for shenanigans with his brother Ed. But Ed had recently traveled to Sri Lanka and gotten beaten up almost to death and actually just became a vegetable. Really? Yeah. So So he's no longer able to... The Dick and Ed show is over. Shit. So he never recovers back to... Nah, he lives 40 years as a vegetable. How how bad did they fuck him up? Was it to explain what it was that he just... It was locals in some kind of dispute over an elephant. <laughs> and they ended up just beating his fucking face in. Jesus Christ, apparently. Which I would imagine Ed is probably as boisterous as his dick is. Maybe ran his mouth to the wrong guys. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that was one of the few things I found where Dick actually expressed sadness. Hmm. That does not happen very often. Yeah. Um, well, he ends up writing three books in the first year that he's home uh, about his experiences in India, and then he just keeps doing that. Um, his books are like, they're like travelogues. They're they're certainly advertised as travelogues. Yeah. But they're, they're mostly more journal-styled and fucking rambling observations and complaints. So, like, there's a narrative... And then there's footnotes, and then there's appendices. And they're all Dick's thoughts on things. Yeah. So it'll be like, I went to this market, and I saw a gentleman with this such-and-such hat. And then there's a footnote about the history of that hat that he learned from this other guy. And this other guy was telling him about this species that he met of this snake in a forest. So there's an appendix about the snake. And the funny thing about the snake is that 
it's religious t- religiously its image ties in with and he just does that just constant like it sounds like a mishmash of just it's info all, well and then a lot of it is fucking blatantly racist oh my god yeah like everybody is an idiot and everyone's below not even just the english just below him yeah so just constant diatribes about how stupid met the... another idiot today i'm way better and smarter than him just like everybody always oh this one looked fucking stupid he was definitely uglier than me <laughs> when he but i learned some stuff he expressed I, so you know we we talk shit on on racists a lot yeah because they suck but dick's type of racism is fun to see because it's less overt and more to him intellectualized in the in the in the correct way okay right yeah where it's so blatant that he doesn't question it whatsoever and it doesn't involve violence he's not mean to other people yeah he is just like Clearly, the English are superior to you brown, just sounds like you brown people. Like top arrogance. just Yeah, it's just very, very thorough arrogance. Yeah. And it's almost fun to see. <laughs> just because it's I mean, ridiculous it is. He's dead, so I don't care. But <laughs> he would probably kick my ass anyway. But there's a lot of talk about how his writing career would have been phenomenally uh, uh, popular. Probably even up to now. If his books were not full of this bullshit, he was very anti-Semitic, very anti-Hindu, uh, uh, long sections about what a genius he is, and <laughs> of course. a lot of explanations, like detailed explanations about like language and syntax and ancient words, and just stuff where people are like, I can't absorb this, dude. Yeah. If you just made it about your observations while traveling, it'd be fine. But went to another brothel today, and uh, as expected, my dick was bigger than everybody else's. <laughs> so uh, jotting that down. Per usual, all these disgusting Hindus. Ugh, disgusting. Hey, how you doing? Hello. Oh, yes. He has no idea. He has no clue. What an idiot. And they're all walking around being like, nobody has mustaches like that guy. What does he think he's fooling? What is he doing? Dresses like us, but with his big fucking stupid mustache. He's just snickering at everybody. <laughs> he's like, the English are so good. <laughs> We're so much better. <laughs> idiots. <laughs> we can hear you. I'll punch you. Hey, I can fence better than, well, shut up. <laughs> but yes, they are mostly unreadable. Yeah. I read large sections of a few of them. They are awesome. <laughs> if you like weird shit and an asshole who doesn't have it, shut up. Yeah. I would never read a whole thing. Most of his books are like a thousand pages long. Shit. And he ended up in, in his life, if I am remembering right, he wrote somewhere around 40 of these fucking things. Fuck. Yes. So, um, in 1852, his writing career did not take off the way that he was certain it would because he's such a genius. Right. And due to like maybe general malaise, he got kind of restless and went to the English Royal Geographical Society. Um, and he said, here's the thing. There's a huge, this is actually his quote. He said, I want to go to the Middle East to remove the huge white blot, which in our maps still notes the eastern and central regions of Arabia. So this time they have maps and they have areas that are like not actually marked down. They don't have it actually mapped yeah, out. Not like specifically cartographied, I guess. Right. Most of that is in Africa at this point. Uh, the the white blots. Okay. But what he has his eyes set on is Central and Eastern Arabia, which is another way of saying he wants to go to Medina and Mecca. 
Okay. Which is, you don't you die if you're a white guy and you do that. No, really. Yeah. So essentially, he he was tongue in cheek asking the English Royal Geographical Society to fund a mission in which he applies his disguise and language skills to pretend to be a Muslim to sneak into the forbidden shit very uh secretive muslim cities that no white men are allowed in yeah like if he got found out he would straight up get murdered but he's like pay for me to go i'll do it so what do they say they say yeah for sure dude oh fuck they're into it i think they think that if he doesn't come back they don't like, pay him <laughs> <laughs> like if he dies he dies okay i mean this is fucking great for us because we wouldn't write win. a story and if he comes back Great, we'll sell some shit. Yeah. Um, and to give an idea, um, Mecca and Medina are the two holy cities in Islam. Yeah. So Muhammad started in Mecca, started to make his religion. The locals were mad at him, and they kicked his ass out. So he went to Medina, which is just north of Mecca, established his religion more thoroughly, and had his first like church in Medina. And then once he had an army, he went back into Mecca and fucking killed everybody and made that another Islamic capital. Right. So. Kind of reminds me of uh, Mahdi. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah. Back in Winston Churchill in the late 1800s. Down in Af- Africa. Yeah. That is a lot like that. Uh, yeah, the guy wanted to do Muslim and uh, mm-hmm. got kicked out, built up an army, came back and took over Sudan. I remember when you, you were talking about that, I was like, I think this guy is just following his prophet. Cause yeah, it, it sounds like it. Like, fall back, regroup, murder everyone. Yeah. Oh, Islam is a beautiful religion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like that that uh, Ryan told us not to do Muhammad because he didn't want us to get killed. Yeah. <laughs> which, I'm on the fence. I might do it anyway. I might, yeah. I don't, I, care. Don't, I don't know. If I can find a source, I believe it's not a bunch of horse shit. Oh, we've, <clears throat> we've now moved to... Um, Antarctica, so we're safe. Actually, nobody will ever find us. Do you know where, if, if you try to Google white pages, the Antichrist and Ashton Coochie Kobe's addresses? Good luck. Bitch. It's not going to come up with anything. You'll never find it. And we have a sword made out of our own blood. <laughs> yeah, come at us, bro. Dude, it's fucking magical. <laughs> it glows. Yeah. It's people time blood, man. Yeah. It's made mostly out of beers and bananas. It's fucking strong <laughs> as hell. <laughs> I'm going to draw pictures of Muhammad everywhere, and I dare you to fuck with me with my sword. Well, so these forbidden cities, you have to be straight-up Muslim to go there. Right. If not, they will at first kindly tell you to go away because they think you're lost. But if you break in, they will just cut your fucking head off. Okay. So there's a history of like six other white dudes who claim to have been there and lived to tell the tale. But none of them were riders, explorers. Some of them were just like with caravans and dark-skinned and got away with it. Yeah. Dick wants this to be a thing where he's not caught. Nobody knows he's English. He speaks the language and he's going to do the whole uh, tribute. The the hage is what it's called. What's the hage? The hage is like... So the five pillars of Islam, like the five things you have to do to be considered a Muslim... Yeah. One of them is that you go on pilgrimage back to Medina and Mecca at least once in your life if you can afford it, is the idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of this. So the hajj is that pilgrimage. So you go to Medina, you go to Mecca, you walk around that fucking rock that they love. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know what's that. What's that about? 
he, why, he has some observations about it that are hilarious. Okay. And then uh, you become a haji once you've committed the, the hajj. So he wants to be the first non-Muslim white man to become haji, haji. because hmm. he finds it fucking hilarious to sneak into places and be like, they don't know I'm here. <laughs> they don't understand I'm, I'm a white guy. <laughs> Look at my mustache. You'll never know. <laughs> So he does his uh, his dick thing. He studies the customs. Uh, he already is pretty good at, at, at uh, speaking Arabic, but he actually is so committed to not getting caught, he gets circumcised. Is that something that all Muslims do? Yeah, Muslims get circumcised, but he wasn't at that point. Wow. He's like 26. Fuck that, dude. They cut his dick just so he could break into Saudi Arabia. What do you do in the 1800s like, when that has to go down? Is there anything that you're like, cool, I'm going to... Take a rock and knock me out, and then do it. Just a lot of booze. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I could do that. Although you bleed a lot more when you're boozed up. That's true. I mean, a bloody dick is no fun any day of the week. <laughs> no matter what. Yeah, you gotta also think about the aftermath. It's not just like, oh, okay, you're done. It's like, yeah, for yeah. the next week or so, you're... Oh, and, and the scar is gonna be all fucking weird. You're gonna have a weird-looking dick. Because <laughs> when you're like a baby, shit heals better. Yeah, that's not gonna be a good looking dick, dick. Uh, <laughs> but if so, you save the blood, you make it into a sword. <laughs> One tiny sword, dude. I got a, I got a teeny, teeny, tiny dick sword. It's so cool. It's actually where I put it. I put it. On, my dick holds it. I have a little <laughs> arm that I've glued onto it that just holds it, and I go hiya, hiya, and I move around. Look how cute it is. Chica. It's a sword made from him. <clears throat> And he never gets laid again. That's his pickup line. You want to see my dick sword? Want me to stab you? <laughs> and you pull this literally like staple size. Chica! Check it out. That's pretty cool, right? It's a hot. Pull on a mustache. Pull on it. <laughs> well, uh, he goes and buys all the correct Muslim clothing. Okay. Calls himself Mirza Abdullah and boards a ship for Alexandria. And his ruse is actually so effective that a guy he knew back in India, who was also serving under the Indian company, recognized him. He was like, Dick, what the hell are you doing? He's like, what the? Why are you dressed up like a Muslim? And Dick Larry was like, hmm? no English? No English. <laughs> Sorry, no English. And the guy was like, what the fuck? And he's like, no English. Until fuck he convinced off. the guy, he's like, huh. I, I'm I'm sorry, sir. You you just look a lot like an old friend of mine. He's like, no, no problem, no English, no English, <laughs> and got the guy to leave. He wrote that in his in one of his books because he thought it was so fucking hilarious. Because <laughs> this is dick. I tricked someone I knew, and they were like, like "That's like, you, right?" Mm-mm. No, like no. An old friend of mine who needed like a friend. I was like, "You don't know me." <laughs> like, I've been really having some. Oh, dick! I've been having some hard times. It's so good to see you. I really oh, could use gosh. your. I just need to pick your brain. My wife and I are having some trouble, and it's just, no you... English. No, sorry. Yeah, fuck off. Ain't no English. No, Dick. I know you're yes. a joke, sir. You seriously though, I could really use a friend right now. Just farts and walks away. <laughs> huh? I guess it wasn't Dick. Fuck me. <laughs> and he's over there laughing. Though. And he's, he's in the corner <laughs> eating a banana. <laughs> Why are you eating a banana now? I never understood that guy. Well, he lands in Egypt and. Uh, joins a, a caravan because it's around Ramadan and you can make the Hajj whenever 
uh, I think they do it like once a month. But during Ramadan, it's like the fucking Hajj. It's the biggest one. Yeah, why is that? What is that all about? Just, Ramadan is just their holy month. Like, let's just do, we'll all do it together. Yeah, I mean, the Hajj is like their most holy thing to do, and it's their most holy month of the year. So people who go to the Hajj during Ramadan are like, super cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's my middle-aged white guy way of saying, that's neat. Yeah. Way to go. And he wanted to be part of the whole thing because if he can really pull it off effectively. If not, he dies. He straight up does die. High risk, that, high reward. If he gets caught. So he joins a caravan and pretends to be a doctor, which I think is fucked up. Oh, yeah. Because sick people started coming to him. Ugh. And he justified not being able to heal them. He gave them different mixes of tonics and alcohol. I mean, it's 1800s. What do they really have anyways? I mean, honestly, he literally said that the countries that these people are from are not, the, the people are not curable. So it doesn't really matter. Jesus. That's not what I was saying, but okay. That's what he said. Which... I was like, back then medicine's probably like, yeah, just, uh, you know, put a fucking. Pour some whiskey on it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, put some water on it and throw a towel or whatever you got on it. There you go. I don't even know. It, it, the Tony took sounded like more, they're brown. I don't care what happens. Yeah. If they die, they die. That's fine. I don't care. So a kid comes to you with a toothache and you're like, drink this bottle of rum and get the fuck out of my face. And the kid's like, sweet. This is awesome. <laughs> and they're like, he died. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't I don't care. Yeah, he couldn't be cured. He's no. brown. Abdullah doesn't care about any of this. <laughs> so That's fucked up. Makes it to, to Cairo. Um, he actually gets drunk with a Muslim and they almost get arrested. Um, they also sail on a ship to get across. So in Cairo, it's in Egypt, and you have to cross the uh, Strait of Suez to get to Arabia. Yeah. And on that ship, uh, he gets into several fights with, with people. What? Uh, isn't he supposed to be incognito? Wouldn't He's you want to keep to it be... like... Well, the the passengers fought each other, and so he kind of joined in on that. and oh. like Because it was super overcrowded, and he ended up fighting people and threw a couple of people over the side. Oh, my God. And... Yeah, he's just. I just see him like bending down, lifting someone up. It was like fighting somebody else, and they're just whoop, and just flip them off. There you go. Not enough space over here, motherfucker. Get off. Personal bubble. Personal bubble. (laughs) (laughs) Just launching people off the side. Just Abdullah, don't give a fuck. Get off my fucking boat. This is my boat. I'll I'll fight the captain. I don't care. I've done it before. (laughs) I don't give a shit. Check out my little sword. Um, and then once you cross that, there's another body of water that, so you could cross, once you get past the canal of Suez, you could cross through the Arabian desert and down to Medina, but that's like straight fucking desert for like 200 miles. So the quicker route is to cross another body of water called the Gulf of Aqaba. This is it. Is this real? It's real. I thought this was all like, this is going to make me sound really fucking stupid in a second. (laughs) But I don't mind admitting that. So that's the whole podcast, though. These names you've been using, all I could think of was Aladdin, and I thought all those were fictional. Well, Ag- Aladdin is uh, Agraba. Yeah, Agraba. What'd you say, Aquaba? Aquaba. It's A Q A B A. And then Arabia, because I was like, Arabia is real. Arabian nights, <laughs> like Arabian days, or whatever the words are. Do you know what is so hilarious? Because I haven't told you this yet. What Dick is the most famous for later in his life? He interprets Arabian Nights in English. Does he? What? What do you mean? The, so the Arabian Nights is like 
uh, a, a Arabian folk tale that's super old. Yeah. And he speaks Arabic, and he translates it in English. That's actually what he's considered the most famous for. So he's the first person to do it in English. Not the first, but... Well, he's the second, actually. Yeah. And the first guy's was like three volumes, kind of, here's the shit. Dix is 16 volumes of, this is every ounce of the Arabian Night folktale ever. Does that include Aladdin, or is that just other yeah, shit? Yeah, it's Aladdin. Fuck, dude, that's Aladdin. weird. And it's considered, Dick's version is considered definitive, but the only people who touch it are like serious scholars, because yeah. it's 16 fucking volumes. Shit. That's so, fucking funny. That's how that came so, up. Yeah. Arabian Nights. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, uh, still, this is the case that if you cross the Gulf of Aqaba, which brings you from Egypt to Arabia, um, it's like, it's one of the hardest fucking things ever because it's 36 hours in the hot fucking sun. Yeah. Ramadan is typically in the summerish time, and it's not equatorial, but nearby. It's just super fucking sucks. I think they also don't eat mostly for that month right don't they like fucking go way down to like just yeah. basics water and well ramadan you can drink water but you can't eat during the day yeah and then once the sun goes down you can eat so it's hot as shit you're walking around and you're not Night. nourished as well <laughs> yeah actually people die crossing this what? gulf fuck yeah he on the boat he was on a couple of people died jesus from the heat and he goes on a lot of journeys that make me think there should be movies about Dick because the boat that he's on has the characters are there's a spoiled kid named Omar who is always complaining and kicking people. There's an African bodyguard who's Omar's bodyguard who picks fights and his name is actually Saeed the Devil. Whoa, that's a intense name. He's just a big black guy who fights people when they get mad at Omar. Hmm. And there is a young man named Muhammad who liked to pull pranks on people. So these are all people that are on the boat with him or whatever? Yeah, on their way to the Hage, who yeah. sort of uh, befriend him or he befriends them and kind of makes this click. Yeah. And then there's an old Haji who's already been on the Hage who recognized that Dick uh, is new to the scene and sort of gives him advice like, hey, old chap. Mm. So it's like it's like a, it's like a motley crew of these fucking weirdos. Yeah. And so much of his life is just like, this shit needs to be a fucking movie. It sounds like it's like a TV show, like just following these guys around. Yeah. Like, ah, we're going to go here and do all the weird shit. You got the big angry bodyguard and the snotty kid and the and the funny prankster and then the old wise guy. <laughs> Let's and, go throw some people off a boat. Hey, Dick, you want to throw these fuckers off? Let's do it. I want to watch that show. Yeah, me too. Well, uh, they get into Arabia and uh, he gets a foot infection from stepping on a sea urchin. And oh. actually Ugh. buys a big basket that he ties to his camel. And he actually doesn't even walk to Medina. He gets ridden on a camel. And Are you allowed to do that? Everybody makes fun of him for it. <laughs> yeah. They keep calling him a pussy, which I don't know what the Arabic conversion of pussy is. Yeah. But he was very mad. He couldn't do anything because they, they might find out who he is. So he's just sitting in his little basket like, foot hurts. And... They get robbed and f they fight with a bunch. When you travel to Me uh, Medina or Mecca, you run into bands, roving bands of murderers and robbers. Are they also going? Are these people part of the whole? No, they're they're okay. just taking advantage of the pilgrims, right? Because like, they know they're tons just of exposed. People. Yeah, and they're usually these people called the Bedouins who just live out in the fucking desert, and they had to fight them off. And Dick has a 
a handgun and he used to just shoot it in the air and be like, get the fuck out of here. Fuck off. And they finally make it to Mecca. Um, the whole caravan of people are, they're, they're really, they believe in what they're doing. Sure, Dick, sure. Dick is just there. So as a very cynical guy, once he saw all the Muslims become so like reverent and silent, he was actually had a moment where he's like, huh, huh? I kind of. Maybe I shouldn't be such a dick about everything. I mean, they're all so inspired right now. And he sort of had this absorbing moment where he's like, oh, wow. Maybe religion isn't a bunch of horse shit. Hmm. And he saw all the Medina sites. Uh, he went to Muhammad's first church and his tomb. And there's even a fucking well there that is famous because Muhammad spit in it. And, you know, he did the Taurus thing. That's weird. So the well is famous because he spit in it? Because Muhammad spit in it, yeah. It's it sounds like such thing. like a like, like a like that rock and roll star just blew his nose into this napkin and threw it away, and I've got it now. Save it. Put it in glass. Yeah, that's fucking weird. Oh, Gene Simmons boogers from <laughs> 1974. <laughs> I think that's how the Muslims are. If they had something with Muhammad's boogers, oh shit. Well, fuck. We in a fucking case. We have a church here in Utah. Mm-hmm. That is a Catholic-based church that claims to have, and I don't know why this is important, anyways. Yeah. A sliver from the oh, yeah. cross that Jesus was hung on. Yep. Which is weird to me because, like, one, how would you even be able to tell? Like, how, how would it survive, like, this long? Like, who, who, who kept it? Yeah, who grabbed it in the first place? Did they grab it from, like, a pile? Was there a bunch of different crosses? So, well, like, don't. how do you know which one is? You're definitely reusing them. Yeah, well, yeah. Because they're hanging, they're killing so many people every day. Oh, yeah. But it's, like, also, who, and there's no way to obviously authenticate it. I think that's the point, is, like, we can say we have it. You can't say no. Well, it's like it's like the sh- the the shroud of Turin, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Clearly fake. Yeah. And some brilliant person in the Middle Ages was like, I could sell it to these shells. Oh yeah. They just make wooden shavings and be like, this has been handed down since my grandfather's grandfather, mm. and he watched Christ on the cross. Here's the thing: he wasn't as brave as they say they were. He was up there like, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Get me oh. down! Get me down! Okay, okay, okay. When I said I was a guy, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Take it down! Take it down! <laughs> Don't stab me now! I'm already up here! Ah! So he died like a little bitch, but here's the thing. Here's a sliver. <laughs> and it has his pussy little tears on it. $6,000. <laughs> Sold. To steal. We'll and he just goes to case. every monastery. So, dude, I should go just... I should just go to Home Depot and just... Grab a bunch of shavings and then walk around and tell people like this. Oh no, no, you want to buy it? Prove me wrong. Yeah. Put this, put, rub this on your skin and tell me you don't feel the blood. So it seems like a, the blood of Christ. It's such a weird it? thing to want to have. Like I have the sliver that was the thing that killed Jesus. That too. Yeah, it, it killed him. They shouldn't be psyched about I got, it. I got the torture device. I got part of it. It's like if you had the nail. You're like, oh. Skin. Yeah. Oh God! Put it in my ass. Can you imagine if like someone was hung and you're like, I got the rope. <laughs> I got the motherfucking rope that got the guy. You just rub it on yourself, like, oh yes. It's fucking I, weird. I feel the spirit yeah. that murdered him. <laughs> People are fucking dumb. Yeah, it's so fucking dumb. <laughs> so there's a well and he spat in it. Okay. Yeah, and it's like a tourist thing over there. Um, they uh, make their move into Mecca and it's the same kind of thing. Hot fucking desert people almost die picking fights uh dick did witness one murder between two uh pilgrims who had a fight over some water and oh shit guess that's a thing well in 1853 he reaches mecca and it's the next kind of thing where he realizes that 
he's being a cynical asshole and he's not willing to stop doing that. <laughs> but he does have a moment where he's like, wow. I mean, because he came up Protestant and Protestantism is kind of casual. And he witnessed Catholicism, which he thinks is, he actually finds Catholicism hilariously stupid. Yeah. And <clears throat> he's so cynical that he just saw this all as an experiment. And then he saw the Muslims like, their whole life is defined by this. He was like, I don't know, fuck me, this is cool. It's a big deal. It's bigger than probably how he takes his own religion, I, I would assume. Yeah, oh yeah, he's not religious at all. No. He he finds religious or religion stupid. That's actually one thing I like about him. I was going to say, it's my kind of guy. Yeah, he finds the whole thing hilarious and idiotic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the uh, he does the whole Mecca thing. They walk around the Kaaba, which is that big... Kaaba uh, actually means big cube. It's like one of my favorite Greek foods, shish kebab. Shish kebab is pretty nice. Oh, it's so tasty. It has to be beef, though. I don't like mutton. Chicken. Oh, yeah. Actually, chicken's better. Ooh, or steak. I'm super hungry. Shish kebab. Shish kebab. Shish kebab. <laughs> what is that on, on The Simpsons when he goes to the Twin Towers? That guy's selling uh, a... <laughs> I think he says a... Uh, Crash kebab. <laughs> what? Oh, I don't know. Crush Cobb. Crush Cobb. Homer eats seven of them. And he's like, do you want clam juice or Mountain Dew? He's like, oh, God, clam juice. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Crush Cobb. <laughs> um, well, yeah, the Kaaba is a big uh, square building that is their most sacred building. They <clears throat> claim that Abraham built it, and it's been standing there since. Hmm. That's definitely not true. But it also has a fucking rock, like, built into the one of its corners. Um, they claim it's from heaven. So uh, yeah, it's like you can actually see. Yeah, you can. It seems to be, like, sticking out or whatever. If you get, yeah, if you were there, it's sticking out of the building. You can touch it. Hmm. And he did. He rubbed his face on it and kissed it and touched it. Why? He wanted to seem legit. Uh, so he was like, oh, yeah. But then he also did his scientific thing where he was like, what kind of rock is this? <laughs> and sort of felt it. He thought that it was either just a polished lava rock, like polished by people's hands touching it. Right. And he was like, could be a meteorite. It's definitely weird. Huh. Um, but yeah, in the whole Muslim religion, like that fucking rock is like a big goddamn deal to them, even though it's probably nothing. Yeah. I don't know. Um, he... He goes through all the shit of the ceremony, which is you drink water from this well that Hagar apparently used. He said it was salty and gives you diarrhea. <laughs> he goes to all the ceremonies until he's given the title of Haji. And after he's given the title of Haji, he's allowed to go inside of the Kaaba, oh. which at this point, if he were found out to be European, maybe would have gotten beat up. But if you go into... Uh, the Kaaba without being a Muslim, without being a Haji, they will definitely cut your fucking head off. So he goes in there, and he has a moment where he starts sweating, and he's like, okay, the the prayers that they say in this room, you have to face this wall. Hello, hello, sir. Yes, hey, hi, it's good to see you. Okay, I face this wall, and I need to get on this knee and say this and this. And he's trying to focus on all that. Being the first non-Muslim in this building ever, Yeah. he takes out a pencil in his pocket, and inside his cloak starts drawing the room because he's like, I gotta remember how this looks. No way. Like, he's ballsy as fuck or stupid as shit. Yeah, fuck, dude. Because if anybody had noticed that. Is it he... a big building? Is it a big room? Uh, it's not huge. I mean, I'd say it's like a general living room size room. There's like two. That's it? It's like two pillars 
and then like a, a a glass case that has like shit in it. Dude, I totally thought I was thinking like it's small. It's pretty warehouse small. at least size. No, I think it could really only fit five or six people at a time, maybe. Fuck. So he's next to like four other people, and he's like writing this shit down. Yeah, just <laughs> hoping they don't notice. <laughs> Say, okay, this is where they pray. Perfect. Now they're praying. <laughs> and he's sitting there under his breath, like, saying the prayers, and drawing the room. Fucking ballsy. When he got back, um, yeah, there were fatwas, the whole kill that guy thing. What is that, fatwas? Fatwas when, uh, in, in uh, Islam, where they're like, this guy has offended us and he needs to die. And they call themselves fatwas? No, the fatwa is just like a call to arms. Oh. They're like, he needs to die. It's like jihad. Oh, okay, like, okay. We have to kill him. If we had an episode about Muhammad and drew pictures of him, they would have a fatwa against us. Oh. Somebody would. Don't the, fatwa me. The ISIS or the Taliban. And fucking change the name. That sounds stupid. Fatwa. <laughs> what a fucking weak-ass way to say I have to kill you. Fatwad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to fatwad you. Yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? Fuck you. Feels more serious, but you don't, you call it shit shit smell? That's why it's called murder and not muck duck. It's not muck duck. Did he just say dick cheese to me? Well, he gets the fuck out, gets on a ship to go back to England, and uh, an English shipmate um, actually kicked him in the ass and knocked him down some stairs and was like, out of the way, you dirty nigger, which I'm quoting there. Right, he called him that? Yeah, the shipmate called Dick a dirty nigger when he kicked him down the stairs. Weird. And Dick actually sort of stood up and stretched and was like, sweet, I'm going to fuck you up. No, he was like, the guy, the guy didn't notice that I'm oh, that's I'm, I'm Dick Burton. He's, He's like, like ha I convinced them, I convinced him, I convinced everybody I'm the fucking guy, I'm the fucking guy. Nice. So he uh, writes a book about this. Um, people are not stoked. Uh, the English population find it curious, but because of his writing style, it's generally more offensive than anything. Right. And the Arabic people want him to be dead. Oh, yeah. Did they find out? I take it then eventually. Not happy. Yeah. Not happy that, that they were embarrassed and that he snuck into their... I mean, their sacred shit. He, he took a shit on all their sacred So, yeah. Did spots. they put on a fatwa for him? They did. Um, but they are not the organized terrorist types that we are accustomed to now. They're just like, if we see you around here, you come back here, man. We'll hurt you. We're having some words. Yeah. So he immediately, because he loves uh, what he just did, he loves adventure. He loves traveling. He loves to get in people's faces and they don't know who he is. So he applies for another adventure to with the same geographical society. This time he's going to Somalia. Uh, he wants to go to another place where no Europeans ever been because he loves the attention. And he applies to go to a place called Harar. 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 That sounds fun to say. Harar. It sounds like something I would say to my dog. Hey, what are you doing, little puppy dog? Oh. Harar. What are you doing, you little pup pup? And Harar is in Somalia. It's a secret walled-in city that nobody had ever been to. And it's rumored that there's an evil king who did not trust the white people. Hmm. So, of course, the Geographical Society is like, this is right up Dick's Alley. He'll dress up like an African guy and just walk in, I guess. Give him give him the dick. Give him the dick. <laughs> give him the dick. Yeah. And this is what he does. He goes, he disguises himself. Now he calls himself Haji Abdullah because he could he did finish the Hajj. Yeah. Kind of a shitty rub it in their face thing to do. Right. Well I was gonna say, do they also are they looking <laughs> for his name? Like 
we know the guy now, or they just... No, nah, I think... Uh, they just know it, there's someone out there that... Yeah. They just know... I think they know uh, Dick Francis, or yeah. Dick Burton did it, but Haji Abdullah, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Except for the couple of people who hung out with him before, who were like his caravan, and then he just fucking shat in their face and then left. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, it, from what I read, he, he started befriending the guy named... Uh, Saeed the Devil. Oh, yeah. And his, his shitty servant kid, uh, Omar. Yeah. But then after he finished the Hage, he literally didn't say bye to anybody and fucking left. He's like, like, I'm better than all you anyways. See ya. Well, the Hage is supposed to last like three weeks where you go through the ceremony and become a Haji, and then everybody just fucking like parties for three weeks. Oh, nice. But he, I think maybe he got nervous or bored because after he was committed to a Haji, he just bounced. He's like, I got what I, I, got what I came for. Didn't care. Didn't say goodbye to his friends, and they were pretty man, not happy. Yeah. Well, now he is creating a new caravan to jump into Africa, and he does more movie-type shit where he's got uh, there's a one-eyed guy whose name is actually End of Times. What? He's another bodyguard. That's, see, that's a cooler name than yeah. End of Times. Saeed the Devil or End of Times. Those are both Those motherfuckers are both pretty badass. you don't want to mess with. Better than, what was that, Fawad? Fat wad. Yeah. <laughs> See, if someone was like, "I'm putting an end of times on you," I'm gonna be like, <coughs> "Fuck!" But if they're like, "I'm gonna fat wad you," I'm like, "Yeah, kind of." Yeah. What's that large, angry-looking gentleman's name? End of time. <laughs> Holy oh, fuck! I gotta run. I gotta go. I gotta go. My dicks, even my blood sword, can't handle this. <laughs> um, he hired two women cooks who he described as looking like three regular women rolled into into one. What? What does that mean? So he's got a big buff guy named End of Times and then two fat ladies who okay. cooks for him. Um, a couple of, like, s- slaves. Oh. He hires a bunch of African slaves. Yikes. Not, it, this comes up a lot, but mm. it happens. And then a young aspiring adventurer named John Speck. It's also often pronounced John Speak. Uh, I'm not sure I've heard it both ways. Okay. But John uh, becomes a big part of uh, Dick's life for a little while. But this is where he first meets him, where they go into Africa, where it is fucking Africa. It's 100 degrees. There's lions and marauders and hyenas and war parties and... Shit. Danger, danger, danger. I would like to make a request that you call him Speck, because it just sounds like fun of the adventures of Dick and Speck. <laughs> just sounds <laughs> it's better than dick and speak yeah well yeah. dick speak they're both pretty good dick speak in africa <laughs> weird episode um well they go into near harar which is actually harar. just kind of on the eastern shore it's actually kind of by kenya oh shit but a little south where we were fucking with Wangari before. Yeah, in our other episode of Wangari, yeah. But it's closer to Tanzania, which is just a little bit south of Kenya. Okay. But it's still the scary, shitty, like, lots of mean animals and oppressive weather type of place. Yeah. <clears throat> and Burton was disguised as an, as an Arabic merchant, and he wanted to go into this secret Harar city and pose as a merchant. Until he realized that in in uh, Arabia, he maybe might have been able to talk his way out of it. But in the heart of a kingdom in Africa where things are so scary, he's like, if I get caught, they'll just kill me. So he takes off of his, his disguise and he's like, all right, I'm just going to be Richard Burton. Oh, shit. Okay. 
and he <clears throat> goes to the gates of the city of Harar, um, and he's led in, and the Harar ends up being absolutely not what anybody told it to be. They were like, it's going to be in the deep desert, walled city, these murderous tribes. And he gets there, and it's actually kind of, there's like a city of like a thousand people that's in shambles because they don't let anyone leave. Oh. And the Harar is just, he's literally a 22-year-old brat. Really? Yeah. And he tries to force Richard to kiss his hand as a kingly thing. Yeah. And Richard's Dick like, no. literally was like a no homo thing. <laughs> like, like, you're not gay. No, I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to. And Richard. He's like, we're not in that. No. It, hey, don't say that word. <laughs> right? <laughs> just kiss my hand. It's fine. It's fine. Just get into it. And Dick was so unimpressed where he was like, I'm not in any danger here. Like, they have no economy. They're walled in because they have no adequate leadership and the people are all sick and diseased. And just fucking left. Um, Weird. He did study the Harari language and wrote another book about this experience. Jesus. But uh, reported back, he's like, yeah, it's not as scary as everybody thought. But on his way out, he got stuck in one of the many, many deserts in Africa and almost died. Oh, shit. Which one? I don't remember what it's called. Uh, it's just down there. It's windy and hot and shit. Shitty. Yeah. Uh, he's, he had a fun story where he deliriously followed a group of birds that he wasn't certain were real. And luckily ended up being real and they led him to a stream and he didn't die. Oh, fuck. Which is like a fun story. So is he with the uh, End of Times and Spec and all that still? Yep. Right. They're just following him around. He's, he's the leader. I fucking like End of Times. This sounds like the coolest name ever now the how more many, i'm saying it how big of balls would you have to have to call yourself that like that's awesome yeah but also just like saying it in just like normal conversation sounds funny like hey end of times do you want juice no <laughs> you want a sandwich yeah end of times wants a sandwich give me can i have two sandwiches end of times eats a lot make it big yeah, he doesn't like mayo on it end of times doesn't like that don't end of times no like yeah i know i know end of times god i'm i'm fucking getting it right god End of times wants Shasta. No Shasta. You get too hopped up on the sugar. End of times. Fuck. End of times not happy. Oh, well, end of times is going to be just fucking go over there. All right. End of times wants his choo-choo. Are you going to keep this up? Is this going to be the whole trip? I'll fucking, I'll tell you end of times. It'll be the end of your times. You got to put a guy in his place. Yeah. Especially a guy who goes by end of times. <laughs> you don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. I don't think I would talk that way to end of times. Uh, Not in real life. No. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't fucking. The dude sounds scary as shit. Yeah. Well, uh, they decide that that African trip was fine, whatever, didn't end up being interesting. So the one of the main things about Africa is everybody knows about the Nile, but they don't know where it comes from. Yeah. The mystery of the Nile has always been a big deal. Yeah. Like, where's the source? So Dick decides that he wants to be the guy to find the source of the Nile. And he regroups with his people, hits up the Geographical Society, and was like, hurrah, ended up being kind of fucking weird. I'm going to go find the Nile if you're into that. Hmm. So they sort of regroup in Somalia... In a place called Berbera. Berbera? Berbera. Sounds almost like the South. Berbera. 
This kind of sounds southern. Hey, hello, Becky. We're going to go out to the Berbera to get some bourbon. Oh, my God. You ever have Berbera barbecue? Uh-huh. Goddamn best, man. Get in the truck, Becky. We're going. Becky. You want some of them wings? Berbera. Yeah, baby. Hop your ass in there, sister. Yeah. I'm going to get some wings from Barbara. <laughs> Whoo! And this, uh, Dick, uh, ends up sitting in a, uh, in the middle of the fucking desert in Somalia while they're working out, ironing out all the details to go find the source of the Nile. When they are attacked by a war tribe. Oh, shit. And it's actually a pretty dramatic moment of his story, but I'm not the person to convey, convey drama. Oh, come on. Well, I'm a casual, cynical person, but essentially what happened is, think of, it's desert, nighttime. Yeah. You can hear hyenas in the distance. <laughs> Whatever they sound like. Yeah. I've only seen Lion King. <laughs> so it's Whoopi Goldberg in the distance. <laughs> hey, what's going on? I don't have eyebrows for some reason. And then the uh, one guy jumps out of his, out of his uh, tent, and he's like, oh, shit, because he's taking a piss, and then somebody stabs him in the throat. Well, that's a good reason to say, oh, shit. That's a real. That's the the best reason. To say it. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh shit! My throat. <laughs> and yeah, it was a war party who was tr- just trying to kill them to rob them. And uh, from what Dick thinks that Sp- Speck is an idiot, and Speck thinks Dick is a jerk. So they both tell the story differently. In which Speck ran out of the tent and was trying to defend Dick's tent. Like Dick, get out of here! Wake up! This is a big deal. And Dick tells the story that he ran out of his tent with a gun and just killed everybody. And Speck never did anything. He never even left his tent. Right. So I don't know what happened. (laughs) But what I do know happened is that several people at their party were killed. And Dick was actually stabbed through the neck, like through his jaw Ah. with a spear. And it busted out his back teeth. Like it went all the way through his jaw. What the fuck? All the way through his jaw. Busted out his back teeth. And he sort of turned around not knowing who stabbed him and shot one of his own guys. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Ah! <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh. End of times. <laughs> End of times. <laughs> That's why your name is End of Times. I need you to get this spear out of my face. <laughs> well, he, he gets the spear out, but um, if you look at any pictures of Dick, he has a huge scar on his face, and it's from that Fuck. incident. Yeah. Very dramatic. How they fucking survive? Shit. How did he survive? God. Just barely. It was a lot of like. Actually, they ended up hightailing out of the camp, and they didn't. They lost all their shit. Like if they had stayed, they all would have died. Yeah. So they they just ran away and regrouped and barely survived. Speck was actually ended up being captured and tortured for ten days. Really? Until he was able to escape and and caught back up with them. He caught back up with them. He's like, "Where were you? I was. You guys didn't come back for me ten days, motherfuckers." Yeah, we thought you were dead. Yeah, well, You're kind of a pussy. We were like, oh, I got definitely... stabbed in the face. He's definitely dead. Yeah, I got stabbed in the face, and I'm fine. What are you complaining about? <laughs> I don't have back teeth. <laughs> Jesus. I'm disfigured. Oh, but I wonder how Speck is. Oh, I hope he's okay. I better worry about some asshole that I don't even like. I don't even like you. Yeah. Well... Because of this attack, they all get a little bit freaked out about this find the Nile mission, and they cancel it briefly, go back to England to heal up and do shit like that. Um, he writes his book about all this shit called Harar, First Footsteps in East Africa. Yeah. And it's the usual 
hard to read. Right. Interesting, but hard to read. And he does assert an interesting theory in there where he says that he believes that mosquitoes cause malaria. Oh, shit. He's right. Sometimes you, say, you say enough shit. <laughs> right? Some, you say tons of shit, but sometimes it's, you're going to get something right. Yeah. I mean, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? I mean, and he right. writes a thousand clocks. Broken, shitty clocks all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so he briefly goes to the Crimean War, but it was kind of wrapping up around then. Crimean War? Yeah, Crimea Crime, in Ukraine. Crimea River War? Yeah, more or less. Sorry, what? Was it not that? No, it's like Ukraine kind of like fighting the same shit they're fighting right now with Russia and huh. Turkey. Okay. Just ongoing. Same shit. Yeah. Everything is just a flat circle. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the, uh, you know, the earth. That's definitely not. And people time is not. Oh, yeah. We're the only advancing thing in the species. <sighs> yep. Us and whales. And popples. But we're going to end popples, so. We're going to end the <laughs> fuckers. They came at us first. Your whole fucking species is going down. <laughs> you picked with the wrong podcasters. <laughs> Fuck you, popples! I ain't afraid of you. You're shitty, plushy. Although, if they're cute, I mean, I'm not going to lie. If dogs decided to take over tomorrow, I'd let them. I'd let them. Oh, no. I, yeah, 100%. Dog president? Oh, my God. What? Yes. Yeah, dog mayors. Oh, I loved your post that you put about the dog. <laughs> the dog was the mayor. I never, I didn't even know that was a thing. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, our, our city of Salt Lake City has a ceremonial mayor, a dog mayor, and his name is um, Pete, I think. Mm-hmm. Pete the beagle, the beagle. And he was mayor for. Well, you got to make a lot of. He was a good boy. Ugh. We know that. So it was written down even. It's a. Fi- it's legally official. He said he didn't turn down any of the treats that was handed to him. <laughs> no. <laughs> I read the whole article, man. Oh, God, that was amazing. Yeah, that's great. And our real mayor, I don't give a fuck about. Yeah, fuck that guy. No, nah, I just want the beagle. I'll put the beagle in all year long. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely like a 90s made-for-Disney movie. Oh, like yeah. Puppy President, but let's just really do it, Let's maybe. just do it. Maybe, maybe just do it. At this point, you know, it's, it's a joke like, yeah, well, how could a puppy be? You know what? We've done humans. They suck. Look at the current jackass. Like a, a broom would do better. At least a puppy has yeah. good intentions. We're, yeah. We may not even know what the puppy wants to do, but at least, you know, if we're going down, let's have a puppy for president. I don't care. I just want to see him in a suit. Yeah. yeah. In, in the Oval Office. <laughs> I just want to see him. He's just eating treats on the desk. <laughs> and that's how we... You're like, oh, he's running the country so good. Oh, he's doing such a good job. Yeah. Somebody pat him. Pat him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, um... The Crimean War, I won't go too much into, but the English had a brief part of that, and it, the Crimean War was fell apart due to infighting, and it's a really stupid fucking war. But Dick went and signed up for it. He went to Turkey. He didn't see action again. Uh, the book he wrote about it, because he wrote a book about every fucking thing he did, Yeah, mostly talked about that, infighting between the Allies and everything falling apart. Oh. And before the war ended, he got bored, and he left, and he went back to England, and he met a girl named Isabel Arundel, who is one of probably 12 people in England who has read all of his dumb shit books. Oh, really? And she is rock star with obsessed with him. Yeah. Like, show me your dick, dick. Posters on the wall. Oh, yeah. Just creepy, <laughs> give me your eyelashes. I've got, yeah. 
picture of you on my pillow that I sleep next to. That's mm. what I got from Isabel. Okay. She just How old is he at this time now? Is he like he's in his thirties? Yeah, okay. And Isabel I think is nineteen. Mm. Nineteen twenty. And she is fucking obsessed with him and he loves that. Oh, I'm sure. Oh yeah. And they get engaged secretly because her parents are not into this psycho guy. Right. And he actually gets engaged to her and then leaves to go to Africa to do his Nile thing without saying goodbye because he's like, she'll wait. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, she, she fucking loves me to death. You guys don't even know. Dude, I left her an envelope full of my nail clippings. It's fine. <laughs> That'll last her years. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just in her smelling his nail clippings. Ugh. Oh, God. Well, he gets uh, another fun crew of uh, weirdos, and they and he's actually back with uh, with John Speck, oh. and a bunch of other hired people. You know, and you got some big fucking ugly guys and some slaves, and they are starting off in Tanzania, which, like I said, is just south of Kenya, and they're working into find the fucking Nile, and he does his thing like he does everywhere, where they find a tribe, and he does his best to learn their language. He's very good at languages, so he fits in pretty quickly. Yeah. He's like, tell me about your gods. What kind of food do you eat? What are your sex habits like? Ooh, that's fun. Let me watch. And he just evolves and twists himself into these lives. Right. And he keeps doing that. Um, and let's see. They follow what was a somewhat well-used path that the Arabian slave and ivory traders used to get into the interior of the east side of Africa. Okay. Um, but no English or French or Italian people had ever been there, so he's sort of like, I'm the fucking guy. I'm the guy. I'm the first one here. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm so amazing. I'm so smart. Oh, my God. So this is... Several, several months. In fact, he ends up spending three years in the interior of Africa. What is he doing? Just exploring? Chilling? I mean, yeah. So they they get lost. They find a tribe. They fight marauders. He finds a tribe that he likes, and they hang out and get drunk. And then they get lost again, and <laughs> he's just in there. Yeah. Just deep in there. And it isn't until they hit, like, the deep rainforest when... Him and John start getting very, very fucking sick from, I don't even know. I mean, because it's the 1800s, they just kept calling it a fever. Yeah. But I'm assuming it's some kind of weird infections that they got from the moisture, maybe. But he was talking about how everything in the rainforest smells of mildew and rot. He couldn't write because his papers turned to mush. All metal rusted and ropes snapped. And you're surrounded by like monkeys and jaguars, and him and John Fuck. almost just die for like three months. They're so just in the interior. Is it just so? It's just a jungle that's super duper. Uh, uh, what's it called? Just moist. <laughs> that's yeah. Just moist. Moist jungle. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Yeah. It's just, gross. just everything. Everything sounds like that all around you. It's just awful. It's yeah. Just, it's just awful. humid as fuck. Yeah. 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 Uh, they almost die a couple times, at least according to him. Their fevers were so intense. And it isn't until, or it isn't because they hired locals to be their hands to help carry their asses through there that they made it. Fuck. They, uh, they reach the Arab slave capital of Africa called Tabora and rest up. 
and ask the guys, like, we want to find the source of the Nile. And they're like, well, there's a lake up north and there's a lake out west. And I don't know why Dick didn't believe them, but he was like, nah, I don't think there's one up north. There's only one out west. And I'm Dick Burton, so what I say is the best. So they start heading west. Isn't it north? It definitely is. Yeah. He is not the guy who finds the source of the Nile. No. Even though for his entire life he was convinced that he was. Right. Because he's just like that. So they they reach Lake uh, Tunganika, which is just west of Lake Victoria, which is the actual source of the Nile. Right. And Lake Tanika is an interesting discovery. Uh, it's the second largest freshwater lake in the world. Well, I like that we call it a discovery when clearly the locals knew about it, but I know, for discover- white people. <laughs> discovery is such a white racist thing to say. <laughs> That's what it is. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. He discovered it for England. Yeah. Ha-ha. Sorry, I wasn't trying to call you hurrah. out. Hurrah. <laughs> oh, hurrah. Hurrah, Dick. Hurrah, Dick. Hurrah, hurrah. You know, if you had brought a puppy president, more people would give a fuck. Yeah. Dick. Dick. So, no white man had ever seen this lake, as far as anybody knows, and it is not the source of the Nile, but as far as he was concerned, it w- definitely was. But by the time of more of this type of shit, him and John are so sick that they're barely even conscious to recognize that they're there. And they rest up. They try and take measurements. They try and prove it's the source of the Nile. And there's a lot of confusion about what happens there, I think, because John and Dick disagree about what happened. And they're sick. They both got fevers and they're just like, one's talking to a fucking tree. Just like, this is definitely the Nile. You got the readings, right? And then over across the way, not looking at each other, is the other one just talking to a different End fucking monkey. End of the world, monkey. I thought you were dead. <laughs> what are you doing to Lake Tanaka? Oh, look at you, look oh, at you. Look at my stupid friend who says, this isn't the source of the Nile. What an asshole, let's what? kill him. One of them's naked. Let's kill him. And the locals are like... White people are crazy. <laughs> it's just two people not talking to each other. Like literally two two guys just eating sandwiches, watching them. Like what the fuck? What the fuck is happening? Well, I was like, I don't know. They paid me really well though, so fuck it, I guess. Well, they pay you more when they're feverish like this. <laughs> you just tell them like you've been paid me, and they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Careful though, that one's fucking feisty. He just bites you for no reason. Don't mention the mustache. <laughs> he loves it, but he doesn't want you to talk about it. It's kind of weird. Well, uh, yeah, they do navigate around the lake, but don't prove anything definitively. I love to think about these weak white motherfuckers who can't handle the environment being like, we've conquered this life, <laughs> even though they're sick as fuck. Yeah. And to add to that, uh, one night John Speck woke up with a beetle in his ear. Oh, no. And, and, he, pa- and he panicked and tried to pull it out, and he like lit matches and shoved him in there and was trying to get him out. And he actually pushed the thing further in. No. Never got it out. What? It actually drilled through his sinuses and into his cheek before it died. Oh, my God. What the fuck? I just mentioned that because I read it and was like, are you fucking kidding me? I hate that. Oh. And he talked about how he could, uh, through one of his nostrils, he could breathe through his ear. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jesus. See, dude. Uh, that guy is. I would have fucking cut open skin to get that cut my shit head out. Open. Yeah, fuck. Cut my head off. Oh my god. I gotta kill this beetle. Yeah. Jesus. Hey, where's it getting? Is it getting. Oh, it's coming down the cheek right now. Can you see it? It's just. Just. Ah! <laughs> just punch in your face. <laughs> like, kill it! I was gonna say, yeah. How kill do you, it! Fucking. 
Fucking Digga's just screaming. Ah! Just trying to help him. Let me... Uh, calm down, calm down, calm down. He's not really helping. He's just really screaming as he's watching it happen. And the two locals are like, this is better than anything I've ever seen. This is the greatest show ever. tell him how to get him out? Ah, uh, fuck it. Fuck it. Well, uh, not certain that they have found the source of the Nile. Dick says, I'm certain. Pack it up. We found it. So they start heading out. And that that's kind of it. I mean, Dick does his thing where he runs in the local tribe, shoots the shit, learns the language and all the shit, and yeah. tells them, hey, I found the source of the Nile. Hey, what's up? Hey. Hey, Dick Burton, what's up? Hey. You know how big my dick is? As long as the Nile. Because guess who found where it starts? Ooh, Me. Dicky boy. Where's his fucking 19, 20-year-old girl, huh? Back in England, just telling everybody that he's amazing yeah and just shoving his fingernail clippings in her pussy <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> jesus christ <laughs> what the fuck i'm just reading my notes <laughs> i don't know williams <laughs> so he he's been in this fucking desert for three fucking years and he's starting to get a little bit crazy are you all right <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Go, go on. There's a lot of shit. Yeah. Um. Well, and I'll I'll rush through this. But John Speck, who has a beetle carcass in his face. Yeah. Ugh. He actually takes the advice of the earlier guys and was like, you know, there's another lake up north, and he's like, Dick, I'm going up there. Let's go. And Dick is like, uh, I don't buy it. We already found it. Waste of time. Waste of time. I already found it. So Dick spends the next few months uh, around that central area just below Kenya doing his thing, like, tell me about your fuck habits. Tell me about your God. And John goes up and discovers Lake Victoria, which is the source of the Nile. It's not definitive on this trip, but he is more convinced that it is the source of the Nile as opposed to the other one they found before. And he goes on a trek later to prove it. And... Dick is such an asshole about that, but yeah. Does Dick ever find out, like, oh shit, that was the oh, lake? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he. He's a baby about it. Yeah, I figure. Yeah. yeah. So by the time he leaves Africa, he's 38, his body's fucked up, and he has not written Isabel once. Oh, shit. But he goes up to. back to England, has. A uh, secret uh, ceremony with Isabel, and they get married. Oh. So she did wait for him, huh? She did. Yeah. Yeah. Which was nice of her. I don't know why. She's fucking obsessed with him. But he writes a book called uh, Lake Regions of Central Africa, which does not mention John Speck at all. (laughs) And it is actually used as the map by later African explorers, uh, guys who find other shit out there that, like you said, hmm. was already fucking there. Yeah. But he is the first like white guy to bust in there and almost die in the desert and write a or sorry the jungle and write about it. So that the next coming guys were like, we'll just follow Dick's book and hopefully it works out. Nice. So he is seen as a trailblazer in that sense. Um, after his secret, I'm sorry, he didn't marry Isabel yet. He asked her to marry him again. And then left without saying goodbye again. <laughs> of course. And this is my favorite part, because it's going to sound like I made this up. He went to America to, he wants to do another one of his 
infiltrate religious places things. And he's like, what are these Mormons about? What? I know. I think when I read that, I was like, that's no way there's, that's true. But it's definitely true. Oh, shit. He... So was he in Utah or was he further east? Well, he comes over to at, or Canada and like Washington, D.C. and like does the touristy thing. But his goal is to go to Salt Lake and absorb like, what's this weird new cult about? So he's been here? He was right here. Fucking weird, man. And it's fucking weird because he even treats it like all the other th- shit that he did where he's like, I'm going to dress like him and break into their holy city and like intermingle and shit. And I'm going to put it on YouTube and everyone can see what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wear Jesus jumpers. Yeah, because Mormons are, well, I mean, I don't know about back then, but Mormons are now much more secretive than I thought they were when I was growing up in it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, probably. Well, it's more culty than you really realize until you get older. Yeah. It's fucking weird and creepy. Anyways. Well, he ultimately X's the idea of trying to infiltrate because he looks nothing like the Mormons. Yeah. He can't really get... They're like, you can't hold the priesthood. <laughs> <laughs> With that mustache? Not no. until the 1980s, buddy. No. He, you aren't pure white. He's like, you look a little bit darker skinned, so... You been to the Middle East before? What's that? <laughs> yeah, you're not You're not welcome in here. Yeah. Well, he actually does... Well, okay, so on his way there, he follows the same like uh, trail that the pioneers did. Oh, yeah. And he wrote a bunch... In the inevitable book, inevitable book he writes about this, he was talking about how he wanted to have violent run-ins with Native Americans, because That's... he's had he's had violent run-ins with Bedouins and Africans. He's like, this is one of the only other places that there are still Native people. That's such a funny way of looking at it. like, I want to fight. <laughs> yeah, I want to fight different. Like, I want to fight everybody. I want to see what their fighting styles like. I want to fight these guys just to see what's like. Let's see what kind of stance they have. Yeah. Let's see if I can beat their ass. Do fucking natives sound like that'd be scary to fight. Well, actually, he ran into a few, and it didn't get violent, but he did his thing, where he's like, tell me about your shit. He didn't learn their language because I think that it's so, like, Native American language is so disconnected from the romantic, oh yeah, Semitic languages that we're accustomed to. He couldn't wrap his head around it. But he learned briefly some of their sign language so that he could talk to them, and he did learn from a young uh, Native boy how to properly scalp an enemy. Jesus. And little bits of their religion. And he wrote extensively about that. He was very proud that he was like, if I needed to, I could probably sc- properly scalp a guy. Ugh. I know how to do it now. Damn. And he was talking about how he shaved his head clean after that experience. Because he's like, if they catch me, I don't want them to have the grip <laughs> of my hair. <laughs> like, no thanks. Like, it's a scary experience, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, around this trip is where he learns what he calls his Americanisms, uh, which is just... You know, I think being from England, they speak <clears throat> English. Sure. But you come to America and you realize it's a bit of a different language. Yeah. And he, he learned the Americanisms that he found were hilarious, like, down on there, or go and do the crack. Fuck my sister. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's not that terrible. <laughs> my my mom's kind of cute, <laughs> etc. Um, And he also learned his ex- uh, continuing love of whiskey. For the rest of his life. He loves whiskey after coming to America. So, you're welcome, Dick. You're welcome, Dick. Comes in a Salt Lake. Has a meeting with uh, one Mr. Prophet Brigham Young. Whoa, that's fucking weird. And Brigham just takes a meeting with him. Like, he literally just shows up and, like, gets a hotel room. And it's like, he asks somebody, like, so who's in charge? And they're like, what's the prophet? It's like, can I get a meeting? And they're like, 
Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah pro- probably. Go talk to him. I mean, Brigham's got like eight wives, or 18 wives, so if he's not fucking with them, I'm thinking he's just available. <laughs> right. So he sets up a meeting, and Brigham Young, like, it was weird because he he totally abandoned his, I'm going to infiltrate this scenario so quickly because Brigham Young ended up being what we probably think Brigham Young is, is like just a rough cowboy. Just an idiot. Didn't use religious language. Wasn't mystical at all. Yeah. He had calloused hands and no jewelry, and his wives weren't around to show off. Like, he was in an empty room with Dick, and Dick was like, you're in charge of this whole cult? Kind of like a normie. Yeah. He was like, yes, sir. Yep, got me the 18 wives. We are talking to God. Uh, Everything's working out really well. What's you about? He's like, you talk weird. "Eh, I'm going. This sucks. (laughs) That's literally what the impression I got was that he was hoping for the grandiosity that he got in, in Mecca, and it's just not. Yeah. It's just dirty. Early Mormonism. There's <laughs> just a bunch just of fucking cowboys. Many wives, and that's it. And they're not, you know, they're not attractive. They're, they're gross. They're like 14 or 80. <laughs> and, yeah. well, <clears throat> and they were in the middle of building the, the downtown church or temple. And one of the takeaways from his book, The City of Saints, is that he didn't think they'd ever build the temple. He's like, they don't have the wherewithal to do it. <laughs> they fucking ended up doing it. Took them, what, 40 goddamn years? <laughs> fucking ever. Yeah. Which is hilarious because he met Brigham Young and was like, so he's kind of a dumb cowboy. They're and they have all these big it. ideas, but they ain't building that it's fucking It's funny, thing. though. They, they, they really didn't, at least not Brigham. It took fucking generations to get that thing up. And now they pump them out like fucking Ikea. Yeah, it's weird. It's like build your own temple. They just got them <laughs> at every fucking corner. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Well, in his book, uh, The City of Saints, he defends polygamy. What? Weird. He, he thinks it's great. He says not only does a man need extra companionship, but that he actually uses the same logic that the Mormons do. He's like, in some places, there are more females than males. So you just have to do that. Why not? Why not? <laughs> so he defends it. Yeah. Um, sure. But then he also does talk extensively about the absurdity, the absurdity of religion and says, they're just like every other religion. Yeah. I think he actually felt like it was kind of a wasted trip. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've seen better yeah. religions. Like, pretty much all of them are better than this one, it seems, so far. This one seems weak and... You're a bunch of fucking cowboys. I don't have very much. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just bored. And the, the whiskey's the whiskey's watered down. <laughs> yeah, right. What the fuck is that about? So he comes home, um, interestingly, in 1860, literally weeks before Abraham Lincoln is elected. So he didn't stick around to see that shit. Yeah. And he marries Isabel. Um, She goes bonkers and just devotes him to the rest of her life. She's more or less his Mm. secretary, servant, slave. Yikes. That's a weird life to live, of just being obsessed with somebody else that much. She just thinks he's such a genius. Oh, he's so powerful and adventurous. Oh, he's a powerful dick. <laughs> so, after he marries Isabel, um, which is hilarious because her journals are available and she goes on and on and on and on and on about how amazing he is and how amazing their marriage was. I'm sure it wasn't him writing it. And then it's like, put put your name on it, though. Well, that's what's weird. His journals don't mention his engagement or marriage at all <laughs> and she's just writing nothing but him it's just not that interesting to him <laughs> like just he's more interested in language yeah. and polygamy he's an odd duck um so the next thing that happens is that uh 
they, you know, they become married English people, which means they go to parties and they play cricket. And he fucking hates it. He's, <laughs> he's all about sleeping in a tent in the middle of goddamn nowhere and just that's who he is. It's like I fought everybody. Everybody. Every culture. I found them and I fought them and then I found out about them. I asked him, what are your sex... What's your sex culture like? I'm like, it's your turn for cricket. And he's like, oh, God. This is nothing like the Kabuchi tribe. Do you know the sex they have in the deep Congo? Do you even know? Do you? No, you don't know shit. You don't know anything. Isabella, I'm going back to Africa. I'm bored as fuck. (laughs) Which is actually what he does. He applies for uh, a consulship, which is uh, when you're in an empire... And you have many different interests in all your different spread out places in the world. You have places called consuls where you go and oversee English interests in that place. Huh. So they can go like move in and shit? It's like an ambassador, but it's more like you're not you're not you're not there to represent us, you're there to oversee our interests there. Yeah. Because we own everybody, but they just don't know it yet. Yeah. So he is assigned the consulship of an island called Bayoko. Island, which is on the other side of Africa, on the western side. Okay. Near like Ghana and Benin, where the current slave trade is more bigger Yikes. times yeah. for America. Prominent. Really bad. <clears throat> and this island sounds like it sucks because it's right near a very heavily economic place. Because even if it's even if we're not talking about slaves, there's a gold market over there that's crazy. But nobody has successfully uh, done anything with this island. Like, both the Spanish and the Portuguese owned it, but they were never able to turn it into anything because the weather, I guess, is really intense. And there's it's full of mosquitoes and rats and aggressive locals. No. And they told Dick, this is your island now. Fix it. Yeah, fucking run it. Get it, get it into <coughs> tip-top shape. Wait, he, wait, what time frame did you say this was again? We are in like 1863, maybe. Oh, yeah. So we're we're before Lincoln gets assassinated. Sorry. Yeah. I said that earlier, and I was like... Yeah, it's around there. It's coming. Yeah, yeah. But uh, for, on this island, he he does his best. I mean, he builds a bunch of shit. He names a bunch of mountains after people. Um, he actually names what is still the capital there after Isabel. It's called Santo Isabel, or Santos Isabel. Hmm. So he finally wrote about her. Once, <laughs> I swear to God, I think once. Yeah. Um, he continues being a general racist. He keeps writing books about his travels into Africa because while he's a consulate on that island, he keeps going inland on the west side and traveling up the lakes. He actually joins a guy to try and go find the elusive uh gorilla, what? which is like a myth at this point. It's like the silverback stuff, or what? No one's ever seen a gorilla. What? Yeah, the locals just tell them. They're like, there's these huge, hairy men out there, and they're mean and scary. <laughs> and he goes on an expedition to try and find one, and he doesn't find one. Oh. He's like, I'm going to fight him. <laughs> I'm going to learn their language, and I'm going to fight him. <laughs> Ooh, ah, uh-uh, fuck you. <laughs> That's what he probably would have done. <laughs> um, and he, he writes more books about all this shit. Um. He actually, on one of his trips to try and find a gorilla, he doesn't find one, but the guide he went with uh, ends up finding one and killing it. Oh, shit. And he sent the body to to Dick to be like, check it out. They're fucking real, dude. What did Dick say? He was like, fuck. Yeah, he sent it back to England to be stuffed. 
and all of England was like, wow, Bigfoot's fucking real, dude. That's weird that they uh, haven't seen one since, or at this point. It's fucking weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know when we the whole world was like, yeah, gorillas are real. Yeah. I think it's around this time. Yeah. They huh. just didn't buy it. Because there was even locals who told them, like, they're like us. They're like humans, but they're hairy and more muscular. But they have houses and stuff. Yeah. And he believed that because they just didn't fucking know yet. That's weird. Um, he also tasted a strange um, nut called the cola nut. What? It's, it's called a colon nut? Cola. Oh. And he actually weirdly said that it would probably make a decent tonic if somebody wanted to. Does it? It's Coca-Cola. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? Yeah. Cola nut. I got you. The cola nut. I got stuck on colon, and I was like, ugh. Colon nut? Gross. So they pass it through, and then... Gross. <laughs> well, uh, England, before, abolished slavery in 1833. Uh, France actually abolished slavery in 1848. So we're in the 1860s, and the slave economy over there on the western side of or for, uh, Africa, um, those countries are not stoked about anymore. So they asked Dick, hey, there's this African kingdom called uh, Dalmay. I think it might be pronounced Dahomey. But it's like an independent people who are very not against, not for being imperialized. Yeah. And they have, they live in like present day Benin, but they are very warlike and they fucking love killing Europeans and Christians and, and killing local tribes and selling them as slaves to the Americans. They love that shit. Yeah. So England tells Dick, you're crazy. Go ask them to please stop. Oh. Yeah. And, Don't do this, please. Um, politely? Could you not maybe uh, kill everybody? I'll skin you. I'll, I'll scalp your head. I know how. <laughs> you guys seem really fucking scary, though. This was actually one of the first times that Dick was actually nervous. Because we're talking like, guys, like, this is a tribe who's tried to assert themselves against the face of Christian imperialism. So they pride themselves on murdering the shit out of white people and Christians. Yeah. And Dick's not Christian, but he's from a Christian nation. They're not going to split hairs. They're just going to cut his fucking head off. They're like, we remember the Crusades. We'll fuck you up. They don't care. So he gets there, and he presents a bunch of presents to the king. And it's a bunch of knickknacks and shit. And the king literally tosses the table over and tells him to sit down. Ugh. Why? Um... I Just think he's trying to like, scare I don't him. Fucking care about your shit. I don't want your garbage. Yeah. And he parades out a bunch of slaves, or sorry, not slaves, uh, captured, captured men. Yeah. Who they have captured from local tribes and some white people, and they have them tied up, and they're like, "We're gonna kill these guys later." I think there was like forty of them. Oh. And he just showed Dick the the war ceremony they have when they kill people, which is like forty hours of drinking and dancing. And then cutting people's heads off. So why aren't they capturing him and having him join on this? He came in and he was like, so I represent the English government and we are here to present ourselves to you peacefully. And yeah. I think maybe the big king was just like, that's hilarious. I'm going to show him how we don't fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And he toured this city. He witnessed like 80 executions. Jeez. And there was like whole buildings made out of like human bones and shit. Ugh. Like deep Indiana Jones shit. Yeah. And it took about a week for Dick to finally get a meeting with the king where he's like, so 
thanks for this. The, <laughs> the reason I'm here. <laughs> this was great. Th nice. Good job. You're great. Beautiful archi or, uh, architecture. Architecture. <laughs> Bones. <It's> bones. <laughs> I've seen a lot of men beg for their lives and you just cut their heads off. That's, mm. that's art. Thumbs up. <laughs> Neat. Neat stuff, bro. <laughs> anyway, so my queen wants you to stop the slave trade. <laughs> I don't think he's asking at this point. He's just like, I got to go, guys. He did, and the king literally laughed at him and was like, <laughs> and get the fuck out. Yeah. And he left. And, of course, he wrote a book about this and uh, talked about how Africans are just monsters and uh, the English are great. Um, this tribe actually has, uh, female warriors, which was pretty different for the time. And he did commend how strong their female soldiers were, although he did mention they were ugly. <laughs> of course. Th yeah. Thanks, Dick. Um, and then he got into a public debate with John Speck about who found the source of the Nile. Right. Because John started talking publicly about, no, I did. And Dick is just an idiot. And Dick was like, John's an idiot. So they have a public debate, and they start getting at it. And John seems like a, a nice guy. He couldn't really handle, like, arguing with his old friend. So he's like, I can't do this right now. I'll see you tomorrow. Let's start again. Yeah. And he goes home. And he goes on a hunting trip and shoots himself in the chest with his hunting rifle. On accident or on purpose? They think it was on accident. Because uh. he was found, like, over the top of a, a rock wall. And they think maybe he was holding the rifle up against his chest and was trying to climb over the wall and, like, and tilt, Dick's like, tilted weird and shot himself. What the fuck? And Dick's like, I told you he's an idiot. Dick did not, yeah. D Dick cried, but oh, really? they say that it was more out of regret of not being able to destroy Speck publicly. <laughs> this isn't fair. I wasn't done fucking, I wasn't done arguing with him. I was going to prove him wrong. Christ. I'm going to go oh, cry about this. Go ahead and kill himself asshole <laughs> i was so close to proving him an idiot <laughs> well uh then he is reassigned as the to the consulship of brazil so now he's been like everywhere yeah the whole earth he spends several years in brazil doing dick stuff he goes up and down water sources and integrates with the locals and writes books and talks about their sex lives he goes to mines um, he actually brings Isabel with him on this trip, and she ends up being the actual consulate of Brazil because Dick is never fucking around. Huh. Dick can't stay in one place for more than like a week before he's like, I need an adventure, and he just disappears. Yeah. That's Dick's thing. Um, hilariously, this part of the story I found fun. Uh, one of the many servants they had was a a little person, a uh, native named Chico. Okay. Boy. Who, yeah, a guy, a middle-aged uh, guy named Chico who was, like, Isabel's main person. Yeah. And it's hilarious to me to just think of, like... Because Isabel spent years where it was just her and Chico running the consulship. Yeah. And she talked about how Chico was, like, a really hilarious guy. And Dick would show up for two days, eat some eggs, and then disappear. And I'm like, what a weird fucking life. <laughs> Your life is fucking weird. But she, uh, All of you. Her and Chico were doing stuff, huh, when he was gone. In my mind, yes. Yeah. In people time history, it was fucking giving it to her. Because <laughs> Dick's not around. Yeah. There's no Dick around for Isabel. So she finds Chico. And there's there's the Dick for you there. <laughs> hey. Chico's like, 
hey, Isabel, we're doing a good job here, right? You want another good job? <laughs> I got a job for you. <laughs> um, the only other, the only really important thing that Dick did during his consulship in Brazil was that he wrote down and witnessed many battles of the War of Paraguay, which is People Time has not done anything in South America. No, we haven't. But when those countries were pushing imperialism out, uh, mostly Spain and Portugal, yeah, um, there was a lot of territorial disputes and probably the largest war in the area at the time uh, of the 19th century was the Paraguayan-Brazilian War, where they were fighting over land. Yeah. And millions and millions and millions of people died. And Dick observed a lot of that and oh, shit. wrote about it in his books. Um, later, he was reassigned to the consulship of Syria. He thought it would be awesome because he loves the Middle East, forgetting that um, <laughs> <It's> Syria <laughs> they fucking hate him yeah. because he spat in their face by sneaking into their holy city. So it did not go well. He was not there for even a year before. I think there was some Greek, he thinks they were Greek, robbers who snuck up on a camp he was in and like stole his shit and beat him up. And he woke up the next morning and went to the nearest Greek Orthodox church and burned it down. Are you serious? Yeah. Fuck me. Fuck you. And he says that the local Arabs hired them. Um, The whole thing sounds insane to me. Yeah. I think think he got fucked up because he snuck into their holy city and they got even. And then he burned down a Greek church. (laughs) It wasn't a part of it at all. I don't think. What the hell, man? I don't. I just, if, even if it was Greek people, it definitely wasn't us in the church. Why? Right? Like the the guy, the poor priest is like, what the fuck? I put all of my sweat and tears and everything into this and you burned it down. I had so many slivers of the cross. <laughs> and they're flammable, you know. <laughs> they're gone. Dick's like, you should have robbed me. <laughs> He's like, I, what the uh, fuck? I did it. So, yeah. So this incident got Dick fired from his ideal position. Like, he hated consulship because he didn't like to be beholden to anybody. He didn't like administration. Yeah. But he got to travel as a consul. And being in the Middle East, which is where is actually his favorite place, he fucked it up and got fired after like eight months. <laughs> um, got reassigned to his ultimate consulship in Italy in uh, a city called Trieste, I believe is what it's called. Hmm. And he spends the rest of his life traveling around, writing books, and complaining. He went to Iceland. And he complained that the people there were too drunk and the women were whores. <laughs> he went back to India and said it's disgusting and even more disgusting than when he was there before and that the culture is gross. Huh. Uh, he went back to Egypt and Syria and he said that they could be great cultures if they stopped being stupid. Um, he tried to create a liquor called uh, Captain Burton's Bitter Elixir. Hmm. Didn't take off. He also tried to establish a gold mine in uh, Saudi Arabia but there's no gold in Saudi Arabia, so he threw about four years of his life into that. Nice. And now is when he uh, does the things that he's famous for. He publishes a book of poetry called the Kasada, which is really an English explanation of the mystic Islamic religion of Sufism, hmm. which many people believe that Dick is not religious, but his persuasions are Sufi, oh. which is a type of mystic asceticism. 
That seems to be the ways that he kind of leans toward. Is that the idea? Yeah. Huh. It's a lot of metaphors about water and wind and uh, the greatness of the unknown. Okay. And living in the wild is what Sufism is. Seems you know, to match with him a little bit. Remember, there's an Incubus lyric about spinning dervish dervishes. Like a dervish something something. Which album is this on? I think Morning View. Mm. Like a dervish. But the dervishes are a type of Sufi who they spin around until they're so dizzy that they start hallucinating. This is like what the... Uh, you remember when we talked about this with Rasputin's episode? Is that what it was? Rasputin, yes. Yeah, so the guys that would spin around until they get kind of like a drunk feeling or a spiritual feeling. That's what Sufis do that too. Okay. And they're called dervishes. And Dick is really into that shit. Oh my god. Well, when we were talking about Rasputin's, we were making fun of him. It was like... Oh my god, I'm feeling so funny now. Huh? That's what six year olds do. Yeah, you spun around for a couple hours straight. Of course, yeah, you made yourself dizzy for hours. Um, your blood is fucked up in your brain. <laughs> That's religious for you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It'd be better if we drained it and made a sword because you're dumb as shit. Yeah, I need that sword. <clears throat> but many people who are of the persuasion to give a fuck about any of that believe that his book of poetry, The Casada, is great. Um, it is considered an amazing original poetic work, however, pretty marginal in taste. Huh. I don't know who's reading that right now. Yeah. Like nobody, probably. Oh. But by 1880, he is over 35 books Damn. and not successful. None no, of them? Nobody's reading his shit. They read some of his Africa stuff to help them like navigate Africa, but... Other than that, they're like, eh, fuck it, the rest is shit. There's no public interest. Yeah. They are very hard to read. Yeah. I had some examples that I have in my notes. I'm not going to read them. It sounds like he it's needed too... to have, like, someone along with him while he did all the crazy adventure shit, and then somebody else, like, ghostwrite all this shit or something. Or or at least, like, a good editor to yeah. cut the nonsense. Yeah. But none of his shit was edited. Definitely not. I was reading it like, fuck, dude, you need to... <laughs> Anybody, hire anybody to go through this and at least fix the fucking grammar. Yeah. None of it. Um, But yeah, like I said, his books are very fucking hard to get through because they are all over the place about how amazing he is, how stupid and ugly everyone is, <laughs> uh, lots of deep, I mean, legitimately educational shit about culture and history and language, but and he can't stay on point. Yeah. It's just insane. Sounds like a lot of running thoughts. It's just fucking insane. Yeah. Um, it's kind of fun, I guess, if you're into that. But being fluent at this point in over 29 languages, fuck, he decides maybe writing is not where he's going to make money. He's going to start translating. And as he gets older, he actually suffers from gout in his feet. And his gout gets so bad that he ends up being immobile and he can't do his beloved traveling anymore. Fuck. Which does suck. Yeah. So this is when he starts doing his translating. He translates uh, several volumes of poetry by a Portuguese poet named Luis de Camos, who people say nobody would know exists without his translations, although I've never heard of him right now. So I <laughs> fuck. Uh, he does also do what is considered the first English translations of the Kama Sutra. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. Like the Kama Sutra. Uh, is potentially available in our culture due to Dick's perversion. I love all of this coming together because his name's Richard, which we call Dick. 
He was always about going to each culture and asking them how they fucked. He finds the Karma Sutra, and then he fucking translates it to English. Like, all of it just seems like, so... I gotta, I gotta share this. <laughs> Dude, you got it. This is fucking crazy. Yeah. It's like, remember when you're like 14 and you first heard about the Kama Sutra? Yeah. And you saw the pictures, and you're like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, dude. That's how I see Dick, but like 35. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, look at the fucking shit. I'm going to put this in. I'm going to tell everybody. Yeah. She's sick. Dude, her hips are fucking all twisted weird. It's fucking hilarious. So he translates that. He also translates what's considered the Arabian Kama Sutra. It's a, a bunch of stories called the Perfumed Garden, which... It's like a manual on how to correctly sex. Yeah. It's fucked up because it's a lot of like men need to be, uh, it's a lot about like being manly. Yeah. Make sure you're you're tense and you're ready and you're always ready to fuck. And women are like, you need to smell nice and make sure your clothes are this color. And <laughs> the perfume garden is very, very pornographic. It's very like you must insert the member into the in the angles the the perfume garden is dirty to the point where it's no fun anymore it's graphic graphic <laughs> like the kama sutra you can giggle at the yeah. perfume garden reads like a like a textbook yeah but because he released them the english public were like yeah you're a fucking pervert but they sold oh i'm sure pervert and then they got their copies underneath their bed <laughs> god dick is so gross I'm going to slide this out once oh. my parents go to bed. <laughs> and then uh, the thing that really makes him famous is his 16-volume set of the Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights, like Arabian Days. Something to 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 something I didn't know anything about it other than that, like, Aladdin is in it. Yeah. Apparently, it is the story of the Arabian Nights. So it's originally called A Thousand and One, A Thousand Nights and One Night. That's what it's called to translate it directly from the Arabian. Yeah. And it's that there's a king who doesn't value women other than he fucks them once and then he kills them. Oh, shit. And he doesn't value women beyond that. And he has a young girl who he fucks. And then she knows the game, and she's like, wait, don't kill me if I tell you a cool story. And he's like, all right, give me a story. Yeah. And so the idea is that she spends a thousand and one nights telling him a thousand stories to him not to murder her. So she didn't die. So all the stories in there, and I don't think there's really a thousand, it's just a title. Yeah. But it's story after story, and many of the stories repeat within the story, and it's this huge folk story that's... You know, the way that in America we treat Shakespeare and Chaucer, I think, in, in, in Saudi Arabia, that's how that is. Oh, okay. And uh, there's a lot of sexy stuff, a lot of weird shit, a lot of violence. Um, it's what you think for these kinds of things. But his definitive translation is still the definitive translation. Oh, nice. Um, but he did get in a lot of trouble because um, he... One of his footnotes spent an inordinate amount of time talking about at the time was called pederacity, which is just pedophilia. Yeah. And uh, his thought about... Pederass. Fucking eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> eight-year-olds. <laughs> he had a theory that it happens more often in what he called his 
sodadic zone theory. What the fuck is that? He said that pedophilia happens more below the equator. Is that true? Is there anything that bases off that? No, there's no numbers. Just it's hits dicks numbers. Hmm. But he's, I mean, we're talking in his translation of the Arabian Nights. He talks about how there's pederasty, and then he's like, "Hold on, I got this theory," and he spends like 400 pages on it. Jesus, talking about how culturally acceptable it was in Greece, and how there are places in India and Arabia where it's okay, and that maybe English society's missing out. Oh shit, that's what his point was. Yeah. Oh fuck. And it's the same argument that like you know, like the Socrates thing where it's like it's fine if it's a little boy because it's more like a mentor mentee thing and his butthole's so tight, like why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, yikes. Yeah. So his Arabian Nights sold very, very well in spite of the fact that everyone was like, You're a fucking sicko now. Yeah. So he's finally has a bunch of money. Um, and he's actually knighted in 1886 for all of his contributions to all this bullshit. He didn't want to it. He actually refused it at first until Isabel uh, begged him to because I think she liked the stuff. Uh, you know, it's cool to be married to a sir, I guess. Mm. Um, but it's only four years later in 1890 that he dies of a heart attack in his consulship in Italy. Oh, shit. Um... Isabel got a lot of flack because, you know, Dick, in a lot of his books, he talks shit on religion. He thought religion was really fucking dumb. Yeah. He respected Sufism for its mystical enjoy-your-life shit, but he had no presumption that he was going to live after death. He was very... I mean, they called it at the time agnosticism, but he's an atheist, which is weird. Yeah. Time. Yeah. But Isabel had gave him his uh, Catholic last rites after he was a corpse. And people were like, that's messed up. Lady. He didn't like that, yeah. And then she also burned most of his journals and manuscripts and unfinished stuff. What? Why? I don't know. That's fucking weird. She justified it as, I'm his wife, so I own them. But and, yeah, but why? And they I? were unfinished, so, and I didn't want them to release the world. Why? That's weird. It's like his best stuff. All the other stuff's like, this is kind of <laughs> shit to read. And she's like, like, be amazing. Well, there's actually like a, a revised version of the perfume garden that he called his magnum opus. He oh, really? His greatest work of all time, and she burned the shit out of it. Fuck, dude. She just threw it in a fucking furnace. Um, I'd be pissed if he, yeah, if he ever. I don't know what the deal could, is with that. He wouldn't know, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, because he's just gone. He's dead. But she justified it as, it, they're my papers, and I don't want to deal with them anymore, and she just burned them. <laughs> Fucking weird, man. <laughs> and uh, she, the cool thing that she did do is the tomb that she had built for him is, it's all made out of stone, but you know how, like, in Renaissance painting, or Renaissance works, they make marble look like cloth? Yeah. That's super fucking cool looking. Yeah. She hired a guy... To make a Bedouin uh, tent, so it looks like it's made out of cloth, but it's made out of marble. That's cool. And it's in an English suburb, and he's buried there, and she's buried next to him in the tomb. And uh, it's there. If you want to go find it, I can't give you the address. I, Google that shit if you want. Yeah. Hey, hey, Brian, <laughs> check it out. You're over there. I don't know where Wait. it's at. Yeah. But... um. That's that's the weird guy. 
I um, fucking this is a crazy story. This what a weird dude, but awesome. Like none of this is what I wanted to happen at all. But so I take it you knew a little bit about him and thought you were gonna get certain kind of like uh, were you expecting something different? I was hoping for more Africa stuff. That yeah. that was the intention here was like African um, explorers. And then I also read, I was like, he was an African explorer and he translated Arabian Nights and the Kama Sutra. And I'm like, that's dirty and fun. Yeah. That should be fun. And it does end up being fun, but less Africa than I wanted. Oh, it's still cool. He, go, he went all over the place, did a lot of crazy stuff. I, he's an odd fucking guy because he like gets into fights and all this shit. He's an odd guy. Went into the Mecca as the first white guy. I don't know, man. Um, I do recommend if you fucking want to... Um, don't read a book, but maybe some excerpts. It's bananas the way that he writes. In fact, I'll give you just a quick here. So this is just fun because this is from one of his books about Syria. Yeah. And you know people treat the Holy Land as if it's this big motherfucking deal, which he thought was silly. Yeah. So this is a quote from one of his books in Syria about that. He says, The fact is we find here and not elsewhere a complaint which may be called the Holy Land on the Brain which is no obscure cerebral disorder like the morbid delusions of the prisoner. It rather delights to announce its presence, to flaunt itself in the face of fact. This perversion of, allow of allowable sentiment in the calenture, which makes patients babble of hanging gardens and parentures of flowers when all they beheld was severe and barren. The green sickness mostly attacks the new and unseasoned visitor, from Europe and North America, especially from regions where he has rarely seen a son. It is a strange delusion that the man should believe, Carlyle says, the thing which is not. As might be expected, it presents the Protestant with greater violence than a Catholic, whose fit assumes a more excited and emotional, spasmodic and hysterical form, ending, if the patient to be a man and a poet, in a long rhapsody about himself, possibly about his childhood and his mother. <laughs> He's, yeah, he's making a point there. It's just hard to pull apart. It's very hard to pull apart. Talk for like five different things at once. He's just, and that's just his brain. I like what he's first talking about when he's talking about the uh, the Holy Land. Like, I agree with that. Yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. It's, like, it's silly to like uphold this place when like, it, when he's like, it's a dirty fucking desert. Yeah, it sucks here. You're making it way more important than it is. Like, yeah. And then teaching it to everybody else to do the same. Which makes me wonder if maybe, because he has 40-plus books, most of them over a 1,000 pages, it, if you can think the way he thinks, is he a goddamn genius, but nobody can tell because it sounds like rambling? <laughs> yeah, right? I don't know. Like, I went from, like, fucking going over to the Holy Land to, yeah, Catholicism and mothers. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that is. Something yeah. rhapsody about your mother, like Did I say, Catholicism. Ugh, Catholic, Catholic, Catholicism. Catholicism. <laughs> well, the last thing I had. There's a movie from 1990 called Mountains of the Moon, which is about Dick and Speck in the heart of Africa. Uh, they take some artistic license. It's not entirely accurate, but it's fun because uh, Dick is played by Patrick Bergen, who is from um, Sleeping with the Enemy fame with Julia Roberts, hmm. if you've seen that. And then uh, Speck is played by Ian Glenn, the guy from uh, uh, Game of Thrones. He's Jormont from Game of Thrones. Oh. But it's fun. It depicts a lot of the uh, we're sick in the middle of the 
forest and we get attacked by people. Uh, It's not terrible. It's fun. There's actually a fun scene at the end of the movie where uh, Dick has a, like, there's a guy who also investigated Africa around the time named Livingston. And he has a meeting with Livingston later in his life. And they have like a, a, a show me your scar scene where he's like, I got this scar in Africa. And he's like, I got this scar in Asia. And they keep showing off. Yeah. Which reminded me of like the scar scene in Jaws. So it's not a great film, but it's fun if you want to romp. That's all a, right. That's all I have. <laughs> I'm tired of dick. <laughs> tired. Oh, you can always take more dick. I know you. Regular Dick, not Dick Burton. I can't take any more Dick Burton. 400,000 pages of his nonsense. Yeah. What an asshole. Yeah. I like this episode. This is badass. It's weird. I liked it. It's not where I wanted it to go, but I feel like it went okay. You don't always get to choose where Dick goes, but sometimes... You never get to choose where Dick goes. It's good, though. It swarms around, and it's like, tell me about your culture and your sex life. Like, how do you speak my language? Why do you, what the fuck? You got a shitty looking mustache. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for people timing. People time dabblers. You fucking dabbler. Yeah. Uh, Dick's an older fella. Maybe tell your grandparents about this one. Yeah. Or tell your friends about Dick. Tell them that like you listened to a podcast that was like two hours long, all about dick. Yeah, it's actually like yeah, deep, two and a half deep dick. If they want some, tune in. We got a lot of dick. People time. People, oh, so much dick. Hey, click on all this stuff, man. Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch. Arabian Nights, like Arabian Days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something to some, there's something to bum, there's a comedy pay. <laughs>